<laughs> Are we rolling? Yeah, that's what the music means. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how the Indianapolis Colts will still suck once Andrew Luck returns. <laughs> yes, they will. My name is Michael Basinger. Oh, fun fact, he's not going to return. With me are Matt Polly, Hey. Brad Polly, Hi. And together we are the Inglorious Pastors. Up. How you doing, buddy? Uh, good. So, announcements. Brian Zahn uh, is on oh. the podcast. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, but this week only. So, for the next... Sitting right across from us. Brian, say hi. <laughs> hi, guys. That doesn't uh, sound like Brian Zahn. No, it wasn't even close, hi, actually. Hi, guys. Nope. This is Brian Zahn. De- definitely not. Um, but uh, <laughs> for, for the very next week, basically until next Wednesday, so let's say Tuesday, just for the sake of... Whatever, um, we're story. we're running a deal on on Twitter. He's really good at hosting. <laughs> on Twitter, if you uh, we have a pinned <laughs> post about this about this interview about he's also good at making drinks. Jesus, can can you just let me do the freaking announcement? <laughs> how long have you been? How long have we been doing this? You know the well, answer to that. Well, p- people want to know how they can get Brian Son's book for free. Yeah, you gotta uh, and even if you've bought it. If you want give it, it to, give a, it friend. to a friend yeah. or an enemy. All right, so here's how you do it. You go to twitter.com. Give slash your pastor and blow his mind. Twitter.com slash Pastors Podcast. We have a pinned tweet this week only about Brian Zond. And, and if you follow us and then retweet that tweet, you'll be entered into a drawing of Brian Zond books. We're going to give away... Who boy, you're going to like this interview. Yeah, five <laughs> copies. Who boy, you're going to like the book. Yeah, Giving away it. five copies of, uh, yeah. of the book. So go follow us. Retweet and then next week's episode we'll announce who the winners are. Yeah, I listened to his last three sermons while I was driving on Sunday. I drove four hundred and thirty yeah. miles for work. Yeah, it was my church. I went to church on Sunday and oh, Brian Zahn was my preacher and yeah. it was lovely. I went to church church on on Sunday. Did you? Yeah, good, good for you, buddy. I went to to Red Door. Didn't light on fire, huh? Yeah, um, <laughs> they let you in, huh? <laughs> and uh, it was Jordan Warner. He he was guest oh, speaker. Oh man, Jordan's great. Yeah, and um, I told Giff I was glad I showed up that week. <laughs> Because he's normally the one. You're <laughs> a bad person. Yeah. Um, and uh, he actually talked. I mean, he's definitely influenced by Brian Zahn. I was actually Greg thinking Boyd. I might actually go this week. It was good. It was good to just be with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds like a joke, but I actually do kind of mean it. It, it was good just to be around people who like Jesus. It was, uh, yeah. Been a I'd, while. And aren't dicks. Yeah. Caveat, they're not dicks. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but yeah, um, that, that church is fairly heavily influenced by Brian Zahn and Greg Boyd. Yeah, yeah. very so much good. so. If you're in the Bloomington area, go to their church. Yeah, and, and he very much talked about a lot of the things that we're going to talk with Brian Zond about. Yeah. So really, really super awesome. Uh, with that, um, yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, hey, what are you drinking? What are you drinking now? Uh, this is some delicious fluids. We are this drinking. is a this is a cocktail. It's my week to do the cocktail. It is, it is cocktail it's week. Pastor's cocktail hour. We will post the uh, recipe on Instagram. It's uh, super easy. Um, it is Southern Comfort and uh, uh, bourbon. Yeah, we equal use, parts. We mm-hmm. use uh, bullet bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then Matt... Uh, it tastes very much like an old-fashioned. I mean, Matt it's and Brad really worked together to put a garnish on there called with an orange. So Brad, Brad didn't do shit. I put the yeah, garnish on there. Well, Brad was like, that needs a cherry. And Matt's I like, we have an orange. I definitely needed a garnish. So. Orange, so, cherry, they're the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, without the uh, orange, it's called a Mississippi mist. So, mm. yeah. With the orange, it's called a Mississippi mist with an orange. I tried to do the Kentucky cow Fun hand, fact. which is with oh, light cream. How'd that go, Michael? Curdled immediately. Yeah. I check, just, our, check our Instagram. Oh, did you already post oh, that? Oh, yeah, totally. Great. I just don't understand cocktails with cream. Other than a white Russian, why does that not curdle? I don't know. Because God loves white Russian. And it's got I, Kahlua and vodka. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's the bourbon or something that does that, or the SoCo. Yeah, I don't know. God loves the Russians. What can I say? He favors Lenny's us. Here. we got to stop causing. He's the chosen one. <laughs> Hi, Lenny. Lenny, his his young virgin ears can't uh, stand hearing these words. Um, yeah, so uh, this round is on uh, John Press, JP, friend, friend of the podcast, John Press, friend of Brad Polly, friend of of Brad Polly ish. Um, he had some choice words <laughs> to say about you behind oh, your back. Don't well, worry, that's it. probably true. No, he didn't. Uh, born and raised in Richmond, Virginia, in a liberal Jewish family, bar mitzvah. D- yeah. D- no, bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah, yeah, winning. Bar mitzvah, yeah, winning. Bar mitzvah, winning. What? I don't know. He it's had a, a bar long mitzvah. hashtag. He's a Jew. He's got a lot of hashtags in here. Uh, he became a Christian at the age of 18 and immediately uh, became black sheep of his family. Uh, he As one does. I always told him he was my only Jewish friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day. Uh, he met his wife in college through InterVarsity Inter- Christian Fellowship. I uh, figured it would be a good idea to put the final nail in the coffin and bring home a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl born in Germany. Uh, hashtag Jew fail. Jew <laughs> fail. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own hashtag. His wife fail. is his wife is lovely. Married twenty-four years yeah, uh, with two college-age daughters. Uh, he's got a master's in Christian education from Union PSCE in nineteen ninety-eight, and went on staff with the Assemblies of God and helped. Uh, Plant a church. Unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, <laughs> this was short-lived. Well, depends uh, on your point of view. As uh, the pastor became, as the like the head pastor became increasingly abusive due to untreated uh, mental illness. Uh, eventually, the church split, and he scrambled to reinvent himself in order to uh, help provide for his family. This led um, to job when relocations. He a, uh, break dancing Jew. Yeah, job job relocations. That's how he reinvented in, himself. Uh, Ohio, Chicago. A lot and, of Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. And now Colorado Springs. Uh, logically, uh, he uh, put himself through Christian education training. Um, he is putting his uh, Christian education training to good use as a client relationship manager uh, in financial software. <laughs> Yes, I'm putting my Bible college degree by fixing coffee <laughs> yeah, machines. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, their deconstruction. <laughs> well, Bible money, college degrees. Th- what are they good for? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. Their deconstruction uh, began when they moved away from the Bible Belt and began extricating their faith from fundamentalism and conservative politics. A uh, long process of bumps and bruises, lost relationships, and finding oxygen and new ones. Hashtag. Love me some turds. Actually, it's hashtag loves me some turds. So there's that. Um, his wife will be starting seminary in spring. Um, this will probably lead to another child. But Wait, what? Seminary semen. 
It's in there. Mm, neat. <laughs> Just kidding. Probably two individual careers. Please change. tell me that was not his. It was. Joke. It was not his joke. It was okay. mine. That, that's that's it my definitely, brand. All definitely the way. has a definitely had a Michael my, bend to it. Very Michael. My brand very on brand for Michael. I'm glad Lenny was here to hear it. Um, uh, neither you of them. Lenny uh, Seaman. Is, uh, I don't know if your father's had a talk with you, but uh, you see, when a man loves, loves a, a woman, woman, when he wants to, to make love to, to that, that woman, woman with great. Like, Great, Great concentration. concentration. He's able to achieve. And <laughs> um, okay, so uh, probably will lead to an eventual career change. <laughs> Just gave, gave Lenny the sex talk on air. So. Yeah. Lenny, you see, when a man loves a woman. <laughs> Ignore whatever comes out of his mouth. So you see there's birds <laughs> and there's bees. The bees have stingers. Bees have stingers, which is code word for penis, <laughs> Lenny. And the birds is a... It's a euphemism it's for. A, <laughs> move, move on. Okay. Um, okay. So this probably will lead to an eventual career change. Uh, neither one of them know WTF. Beth, uh, we're we're that totally corrupting your son. Just uh, FYI. But they're trying to be open. <laughs> we just gave him the sex talk, Beth. Literally. Oh, no. On air. <laughs> when a man loves a woman. Wants um, to make love to that woman. I also have some fun facts. Uh, diagnosed with bipolar two, uh, ADHD, and PTSD. Um, he put that as a fun fact. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, he also has a daughter with uh, bipolar and anxiety. He's a mental health blogger, vlogger, and advocate. Uh, he's passionate about fighting stigma, ignorance, and shame surrounding yeah, mental health. He does some good work in that area, particularly within the <clears> church. <throat> Hashtag <throat> bad theology kills. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he was invited by two different pharmaceutical companies to speak about his experience with uh, living with bipolar and taking medication. He doesn't think uh, they were expecting the level of honesty they got. Um, was recently interviewed by the Denver News about his experience with the uh, IV ketamine infusions for treatment uh, resistant depression. Mm-hmm. Hashtag trippy. <laughs> He loves exotic cats, good coffee, dark beer, and finds Ben and Jerry arousing. Hashtag manly <laughs> meow. Speaking of arousing. Uh, he. Uh, wait, what? I don't. What? Favorite authors include Anne Lamott and Christopher <laughs> Moore. Uh, Dreams you're, of Escaping. You're about to get the sex talk from Michael Bolton, Lenny. The golden handcuffs of his conservative corporate prison. Sing it with me. Can we play Richard Marks next? Opening a homemade ice cream. Sandwich place. When a man loves a woman. <laughs> I don't know the rest. That's all you need to know. Um, anyway, so he, so he'd like to, to open a homemade ice cream sandwich place, uh, and the sign out sign would say, uh, "Everyone welcome, including Christians, but assholes get in the back of the line." Uh, and he. Uh, Loves Colorado, but the pizza sucks. Hashtag Lou Malnati's. Malnati's. Lou Malnati's is sex. It is. Um, and then... Will you turn that off? Just let this turn it off. Sounds of Michael last Bull. but Thank not you. least... Uh, you son of a... Thank you. <laughs> last Jeez. but not least, he has booked airfare for the turd meetup. Yes. I, yes. I cannot wait to see him. It's been a couple years. Yeah. He'll be... He and I went to a fish show in Chicago uh, together, and we got... All the way to Chicago, which, fun fact, is, I don't know, an hour and a half from Oswego. (laughs) And he had forgotten the tickets on his fridge at home. (laughs) Neat. So he went and bought two more tickets. And they were crap. And we literally couldn't see the stage. We were so far back. (laughs) 
Nice. So, yeah, <laughs> good show, though. If you'd like to buy us around, go to patreon.com slash podcast. We offer exclusive episodes, Pub Crawl, Turd Talk, Hymns of Reconstruction. At any level, you can get access to the Pastors Pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and just about everything else. Things discussed in the pub this week. Uh, Emmys were on this past weekend. That uh, was the 69th uh, anniversary <laughs> nice. episode. Yeah, that's all I did it for. Is this mic on? Uh, Lenny's mic is not on. Lenny, no. say hello. Again. Say ha. No. There you go. Well, there we go. Lean up to the mic, Lenny. Don't be shy. It's not going to bite. Say hello to all the ladies. We don't have any listening, but... Hello. None, none in the appropriate age range. We're in C-17, buddy. So yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I don't know. Eugenie lets Ryan listen, I think. Can, so we, can we get to the... Uh... No, I got to tell... Things discussed in the pub. New oh. music uh, Brad Polly is yeah. currently listening to. Lots of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, buy the new album from Rostam, who formerly of... Rostam? They near killed, killed him. Killed him. Um, <laughs> very well done. Uh, for, formerly of Vampire Weekend. He was, used to be one of the members of that. It oh. is magnificent. I hear they um, really suck the life out of him. Mm. Mm. One weekend. Well done. Mm. You're welcome. Lenny just gave me a clap, so that mm. counts for something. Uh, we have lots of beer picks. There's um, this new art- artist called Michael Bolton. <laughs> you should check him out. Love it. He's real hip. Um, he's neato. He's going to drop a new mixtape. Um, <laughs> what, what would if Michael Bolton came out now? What would his mixtape be? I don't even. I don't even know. I'm sixty and still horny. Mm-hmm. Is that what it'd be called? Is he sixty? He's at least sixty. God, yeah, I be bet. sixty. I bet he's at least sixty. Yeah. Yeah, um, six-year-old women throw their granny panties on stage at me still. Yeah. Siri, how <laughs> old is Michael Bolton? Sixty-four. There you oh, go, man. Oh, five he's more years. Five years from being super nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have him on the podcast when he's sixty-nine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's our goal. That's our life goal: <laughs> to still be recording the podcast, still be alive by then, in five years, and. Uh, and have Michael Bolton on there. Um, we also talked about how God doesn't care about your sports team. Uh, <laughs> lots of dog updates. A lot of people are getting dogs and washing dogs and taking pictures of dogs. A lot of dogs. <laughs> it's a very dog-heavy week. And then uh, uh, pineapple on pizza. How mm. do you feel? I like it. As long as it's accompanied by bacon, ham, some sort of yeah, smoked agreed. meat. Yeah, I can probably. Yeah, yeah I can't use a straight pineapple. No, though. I don't think I don't think that's worth yeah. your time. But I in a, I think you can also throw some mushrooms on there. No, yeah. you lost me at mushrooms. No. Yeah, Linzo, uh, Linzo, what do you think? Linzo, pineapple? No pineapple. Never had it. Never had pineapple uh, on pizza? pizza. What? What have you done? We to don't. This child? We just get normal pizzas. Like we don't. Uncle Brad will get you some. Buddy. Hey, you need to get closer get to Mike, buddy. You gotta get. You gotta get a little closer. Uncle Brad will get you some pineapple pizza. Nah, I'll pass. Um, if I get you pizza, you're damn well gonna. You eat would it. eat it. You totally <laughs> would eat it. What eat, you, like you, you eat everything. Like what? It would, would you be eat? gone the next morning. <laughs> Matt, it's like Where's, I was gonna have pizza for breakfast. <laughs> Liddy ate it. Liddy ate it. Exactly what he said he about his eat, beef jerky. He literally today. just needs a shirt that just says Lenny ate it because he eats everything <laughs> in the house. Um, yeah. So uh, very guys, I am very excited that we have got a world premiere coming up. Um, what is about to happen? Um, you are going to be so freaking excited. I, I'm, that's probably debatable. <laughs> yeah. This is a new. The it's coming from the new mixtape. 
of a new artist you haven't even heard of. He's so underground, you've just never play heard it, of him. Michael. Whatever it is you're about to do, just play it. His name... Your build-up's not going to pay off. Just play it. His name is DJ... Blunt? No. <laughs> DJ Jumbo Jingles. Here it is. Don't you want to be, want to be a fat pastor? Who is that? That's DJ Jumbo Jingles. Who is it? Uh, or DJ Jumbo Jangles. <laughs> is it, was it Brandon? <laughs> is it Bo Jangles? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I had no idea that was going to happen. Must have been a slow day and slow week at selling penis pills. Yeah, he was like, hey, can you... S-? Yesterday, he was like, hey, can you send me that jingle? He sold, he sold tons of Cialis. So I want to do a remix. I get some time off. <laughs> like, I need to do a remix. <laughs> we need to do that again. Let's, let's play it one more That's time. That's fine. Just, one more time. Just for the people. That's fine. <laughs> Don't you want to be, want to be a fat pastor? Unreal. We all want to be, want to be a fat pastor. We Yes, again, that's DJ Jumbo Jingles. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm not sure. Somehow that might be worse than our original one. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but we're going to stick with it. We're going to stay with it because Bo Jingles cares. Yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so uh, we're doing Fat Pastors. That's why Lenny's here. Um, uh, t- tell us about this mystery bag you're about well, to open, Matt. Uh, Greg uh, dropped off. Um, Gregory Platt? Yeah, dropped off uh, Ghost Chili Popcorn. Oh, yesterday, for this us. is about to be a really bad idea. Yeah, this is probably what we're gonna have to pause and go like drink out of the toilet or something. I'll be here. So we will give all the mo- the groans and moans to. And you can't just do one at a time. You got to do a handful. How many? How yeah. many? Yeah, what's the handful? Five? We're t- talking about five. Like uh, a handful, Michael. A handful, Michael. It's not put some math hand. equation for God's sake. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. How are we rating these? Uh, Sharts. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. That's fine. All right, here we go. <laughs> Hmm. Not really getting a lot of heat from that, but I bet it's going to build. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I got a little bit. Yeah. That's not bad. Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> oh, man. Lenny, how do you feel about that? Oh, it's pretty good. It's got a good flavor. It's good flavor, yeah. It's That's hot, not but it's not like... You? Oh, man, it's like... It's building. Yeah, Michael, you think ketchup is hot, so... <laughs> I would eat the crap out of these. Man, guys. that's got a fantastic uh-huh. flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's heat. It's oh, building it's, a little bit. But my it's not throat. like it is definitely building up heat in the uh, throatal region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Yeah, probably gonna need some water. Nah, I mean it's it's hot, but it's not like kill you hot. Yeah. Okay, let's try some. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm giving that a four. That's those really are, good. Those are really. That is I really would good. eat a half a bag of that yeah. and then shit it's warm. down my leg. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Lenny, how about you? Four? What are you writing, Mouse? How many shards? Out of five. Out of five. Four out of five. How many out of five shards? Four. Four shards. Yeah. I'll give it four shards. That's um. Yeah. That's really good. It, it's uh, that is a great amount of heat. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. That's it's, like it's, it's, it's really stopped. not. You it, did. It, it did build to like mm-hmm. a, and, and then, then it, it stopped. Just, like stopped. It that's, leveled off. Uh, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. I can still feel it. Yeah. That's about how hot I make my salsa usually. Like it's kind of right at that level yeah, where it's man, like sometimes your salsa is yeah, wicked. I, I hot. can overdo it. Yeah. Jeez. I can overdo it some. I've toned it down a lot. That's that's nice. No, that's good. Thank Greg, you, Greg, for that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Four shirts. 
That'll be all gone tomorrow, and Lenny will have uh, Lenny will be get some new underwear. Lenny will be, I was going to say, Lenny will have water running down his leg. <laughs> Remember, you've got a soccer match the next two days. So oh, like, God, I would love to see him brown himself out. At the, at the, Don't the, go <laughs> chasing shit waterfalls. <laughs> Please oh, stick to the toilets that you're used to. Oh, my. Um, uh, all right. Don't was, eat that uh, whole bag. You understand me? Can I eat half of it? You can eat no. as much as you want. <laughs> Uncle Brad gives you permission to eat any any amount of that that you want. Okay, no. No. It's he Uncle's can have some of it. Uncle's prerogative. Hmm. It's, it's Uncle's it. prerogative. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Lenny, thank you for joining us mm-hmm. for your contribution. Yep. <laughs> it's very important. Thanks, Lenny. <laughs> Super important contribution. <laughs> can I have some more of that, uh, Corey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's really good. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Lindsay. Yep. All right. Bye. Beth liked it too. Beth liked it too. How many yeah. shards would you give it, Beth? That's good. Five shards. Five, Beth gave five shards. All right. That's nice. Man, that's that is really it's really good. good popcorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Move all right. on. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have a, a con one. Sarah Con. con. Uh, she has changed her her Twitter handle. Um, oh, that's sad. I know. So it's no longer Science Con. It's it should be the Wrath of Con. It's me, Sarah with an H. <laughs> me, Sarah Jane, thirty two. Oh, she's me, Sarah Jane. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, read I it last think she week. was totally going. She was for in the feedback. Yeah, she's minutes. in the Galactic Senate. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh man, that's it's still building for me a little bit. We love you, Jar Jar Con. Um, so Sarah Khan, we, we love you long, Tim. That's her new nickname. Go find her on on the Twitters uh, at me Sarah Jane thirty two. Me Sarah Jane. Um, she said, "This is so gross. Gross. Humans are gross." That's her. <laughs> that's her commentary for this. Um, monster Whitechapel sewer fatberg could go mm, to the Museum mm-hmm. of London. Ooh. I've heard about these. So didn't um, we have a did we have a Fatberg story like way yeah back I feel like we did this is a, a new Fatberg time ago there's another Fatberg wasn't yeah. it in London or something it's the like, same thing isn't it? I thought it was at France so this is the Museum of London uh, wants to display part of the disgusting 130 ton mass of why wet wipes and fat oh, 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 but would you want to see oh, it <laughs> so part gross. part of the ginormous Fatberg currently clogging a sewer in the east now, London more of this popcorn's gonna uh, come up could and go end down. up in a museum. Remember so, the SpongeBob episode where Patrick has a giant ball of gum? He gives yeah. a sponge like it's got like socks <laughs> yes. and hair and like that's what it's like. Oh my gosh! It's a uh, uh, 130 ton blockage of oil, fat, uh, diapers, and wet wipes. They say oh. night nappies in here, but guys, diapers 40 tons. That's a lot. That's a 100, lot. 130 tons. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. 130. Never mind. It's not a lot. Give or take a few ton. Um. So the museum says it hopes to con- contain uh, or obtain a uh, cross section of the Fatberg, but has yet to decide how it will be displayed. Two hundred sixty thousand pounds, by the way. God, that is that's enormous. Man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Two hundred sixty thousand pounds. Yeah, worth of oil and fat and diapers. So it's a disgusting blockage currently being removed from the Victorian sewer uh, by Thames Water. With workers using high-powered hoses to break it down before it can it takes be takes weeks, like seven off. days a week. It takes them weeks to get it to break it down. That's they said uh, it's basically like trying yeah. to break up concrete. That's interesting. 
it's taking uh, a lot of manpower and machinery to remove as it is hard set. You know, one of those is floating around a Michael's septic, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, removal His of the blockage. His own personal fatberg. The, the, the blockage is 250 meters long. It's expected to take several weeks. Oh, yeah. 250 meters long? 250 meters long. Wow. Same. Yeah. I've got picks to prove it. No. What about you? <laughs> yeah, you probably, you've probably sent them, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you have. All right, what do you got? Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for being a friend. So this was, in the, this was in the pub. Sending a shit about fabrics. Uh, man gets his dong stuck in a weight at the gym. Dong, da dong, dong, dong. Dong song. Did it take did it take dong to get it out? Uh, yeah, firefighters in Worms, Germany, spelled worms. Yeah, it ruined my vacation. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I was really loving Oktoberfest until I got my peen caught in the uh, <laughs> wait. wait. I just walked into it, so guys. I don't know what was happening. It just came out of nowhere. He took one of those uh, five and a half pound weights. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Somehow got his wiener stuck in it. Did they know what he was attempting to do? No. Was he trying to lift weights with it? How or? many reps was he able uh, to get in? <laughs> <He> was, yeah. <laughs> He did bench 30 reps with his pain. <laughs> um, oh man. I uh I I don't I don't really understand this. Um it well, took hold on, it took firemen three hours yeah. to break the weight off of it. Well, those penis. things are not like made out of clay. They're I mean, there's hard. really only one reason you stick your wiener in a See weight if you hole, can, right? See if you can. Well, okay, maybe there's two reasons. See what? if you can and then like, what's his, what's the other reason? Let's see if you can. Besides that, enjoyment until it gets stuck. I guess. Do you, uh, you have experience with this? No, I don't. What? If, what do you? What if I you use s- a forty-five pounder. <laughs> Thank you. He's a bowling ball. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's a picture right of the, the right in the thumb hole. It took them. It took them three hours. Oh, I stubbed it. Three hours to cut it into five pieces to get I it off. It. Jeez. Yeah. Well, you'd have to be careful how you cut it. I mean. Like you have oh, at some yeah. point you have to cut near the peen. Yeah. I mean, like I'm guessing that was some nervous. They had, nervous they had to minutes. sedate him, right? I don't know. It doesn't yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, in the news article I had, um, he had to be sedated with the help of a grinder and a hydraulic saw. Mm. Three those hours. Are, those are things I want near my penis. I know. Surgeons Boy. were able to save his genitalia after uh, he, the message so on their Facebook surgery. post was very clear. Bitte solche aktionen nicht nachmachen. So Which basically means surgery. don't stick your dick in a weight, so I'm assuming, is what that means He in had German. to have surgery after that, and it took eight hours to complete the surgery on his dog. So they had to cut it. I'm like, sure. Oh, they God. Had to. Yeah, there had to be some... God, oh, I, Yeah. I, you know, I, I just I wonder if he lost an inch. You know how hot those grinders get, right? Yeah. I uh-huh. just don't understand. I don't get it. I really don't. They Hopefully. probably had to sedate him. I mean... Yeah, oh, for I sure. be sedated. They're playing no, the Ramones for that. the entire time. <laughs> Not for that. Ba, 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 ba. You got your dick caught in a Um. Yeah. Don't stick your dick in a way. The. Uh, yeah. So don't don't do that. Don't don't stick your man head <laughs> like, in tight spots. Do you realize it's one of those things that like warnings are written for, right? Like all those warnings you see on stuff, like don't put your finger here, don't step here, don't put this in your eyes. Don't put the hot it's coffee. It's because somebody's your, done that. Because somebody's done that. Now there's gonna have to be warnings on ways that says don't stick. Your <laughs> don't your stick your donger in it. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Boy, that's a uh, man. Mm. All right, I got one more. Uh, I actually free have. I actually have two this week. Hashtag, oh, free, hashtag free the penis. Free the peen. 
Uh, Mystery Mourner has been crashing every funeral at a local church for 14 years to tuck into free buffet at Wake. Boy, that's... Uh, uh, yeah. Man. Unnamed woman. That's in brilliant. From Slough... No. no, it's not. From Slough, <laughs> Berkshire, which is in England. Yeah. Isn't that where... Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> all the offices. Yeah, yeah, the British offices. Yeah. It's based oh. in Slough. Slough. Let the bombs fall on Slough. Slough Berkshire. What was the company? The, the the company. The what paper company? Uh, uh, Willem Hog. Willem Hog. Something. Hog. Wernham Hog. Wernham Hog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so she goes to this local church every time there's a funeral. You think the church would in. catch on? Well, they did, and the priest is like, I can't really tell her to not. Show up, and I'm like, well, you kind of can because it's like it's pissing off family members. Like yeah. this lady just shows up, and she literally just like it, at one point she brought a box and was putting food in it from Jeez. the buffet. Is she homeless? No, That's, there's got to be something just, wrong with that. Yeah, she? That's there's some serious mental. So this is what there. the this is what yeah, the priest says. No, Father Noah Connolly of the Holy Redeemer Church in Slough, Berkshire. Hi, Father. Said the religious woman for some reason believed it was her duty to attend services. She wants free food there, yeah. Father. He said, every funeral we have, she comes, and if there's a reception afterwards, she makes her way to it without invitation. So, but, She's but, but a Catholic like woman. She... So this is what he went on to say. She is a Catholic woman, and she is convinced she needs to go to as many masses as possible. She's been coming and going since. I've been here for the past 14 years. It sounds like she, she's going no matter what, and then if there is a meal, she's going to the meal. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but it's that's that this is a this is a bad person. Don't I do mean, this. No, not, no, no, no. I don't think do she's, this. She's it's mentally unhealthy person. No, you're not invited. That's true. Like you're, you're just not invited. If you're not invited to a funeral, don't go to a funeral. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of where I am on it. But how many times have you ever been invited to a funeral? Well, Usually but if it's just, somebody you know, you yeah. go. Like you don't. I don't think you get invites to funerals, Michael. Yeah, I they think don't you, send us out with RSVPs. No, you might. I might because you RSV want RSVP to everything. I don't RSVP to anything. You want RSVPs to everything? Oh uh, yeah. Well, the live event. And there's some pretty. Uh, we'll have a clearly pissed off comments from family members that I'm are sure. happy that she was there. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a little disrespectful. Man, get this popcorn away. From I you. tried, My and you God. said no. Give it to me. That is all awesome. right. Uh, did you guys see that guy? Uh, this is not one of my newsfeed, but it made me think of this. Uh, the, the professional mourner. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, a guy's like, if you want me to mourn like different levels of mourning that he can do, he can do for a certain amount of dollars. He can just regular cry hmm. and then stomping on the ground, yeah, rolling on the ground, uh, crying. I'm not really sure that's really ethical either. With, with multiple pictures of him with tears rolling down his face. Yeah, let's not do that either. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Matt. What do you got? I don't even know now. Like, I don't even know where to go from professional mourner and lady who crashes wakes. <laughs> like a guy got... that gets his donger stuck in a weight. Oh, let me see. I can try here. Uh, app lets users rent, quote unquote, warmed up secondhand sex dolls. Oh. Hmm. Who cleans up? The first, the first person or the second person? Just let me read. Oh, God. Let's not. Let's not do this. <laughs> it's too late. Chinese sex toy manufacturer Touch. It's a product that really lives up to its name. Has launched an app called Shared Girlfriend. Oh. Which lets customers rent their hyper-realistic dolls Man. for up to a week at a time. It's a Netflix. It's a Netflix. It is. It's, it's a Netflix. It's sex flicks. It's a Netflix of, of blow-up dolls. No, they're not blow-up dolls. These are like the life. Animatronic. That's yeah. the premium plan. The, the realistic the, dolls. The base plan is just sex dolls. You blow up. So then you can have your doll delivered to your home. 
You can choose from a wide range of outfits and hairstyles. Wow. Um, then you can have the doll delivered to your home and even choose your choose for your plastic lover to be warmed up before she arrives. I don't oh, even know what that means. God. Oh, man. Yeah. You mean like get her randy? You know, I think we've talked about this kind of thing before. Yeah, like, then we, Matt pulls out a lot of the sex doll ones. Yeah. Prices little, start at $50 website, per little, night. Little what weird. website are you getting on, buddy? Prices start at $50 per night to rent a doll with a full week of passion. Okay, costs. I'm sorry. That <laughs> seems cheap. Costing $200. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good deal. That's hard to pass up. Twelve. Like, it's a twelve hundred dollar refundable deposit. Hey, do they take Groupons? Yeah, okay. <laughs> what do you have to do to it to not get your deposit back? Exactly. Kay. Choke it. Wow. Well, boy, that's. I uh, should know better. <laughs> I shouldn't really know better. Mm-hmm. Um. Huh. Currently being tested. Oh, let's see. Customer will be pleased to know that they can keep the most sensitive parts of their sex doll for hygiene reasons. They can keep it? So the parts are detachable. You can keep it? Yes. You keep it, the, that part so, and send back the doll, and they put a new part in it. Okay. Look, this is... Uh, you may not know this, but I, I'm just going to assume you're... Even, I'm just going to no, assume you're an expert at this. I don't even want to know what you're about to I'm say. I'm going to assume you're an expert at this. Is it only female parts, or can you interchange it with like male parts? Or like, I All I see is, is fe- it, female so like dolls. All right female here. dolls, not male dolls. I don't That's think the so. question you're asking? Like, Well, yeah. I wanted to know how... If it's just centered around females, or if it's you know equal opportunity. Well, here's the here's the thing they bring up with 1.15 men to every woman. It's proving harder for Chinese men to find girlfriends, uh, which yeah. is a huge problem yeah, over there. I mean, that is a huge problem. Yeah. So they're turning to artificial things for partners now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so this, on one hand, I like I understand that that's a huge and problem. The over there, next but. step, the next step is after they um, they do that. Um, the company takes the doll back, and they turn. They take a little bit of that the 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 residue of the man left and turn put it into a Tamagotchi baby. <laughs> it's a Tamagotchi baby. You can can we a, can we talk about it's one of those yeah literally it's one of those Neopets <laughs> literally anything else so they can raise their own child Please stop and then they have an animatronic stop talking. little baby good stop Lord, talking stop talking and then they put it into a Chucky doll. What's your next story? And it walks. It's a good, it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> Chucky goes read to it. kindergarten. Read the story so he'll stop. Dog lover re- replaces <laughs> bouquets with puppies at her Iowa wedding to raise awareness for rescue animals at her local shelter oh, that like saved puppies. 110 pets after Hurricane Harvey. Oh, well, that's nice. Samantha Clark, 23, uh, always imagined her wedding day would involve puppies on Saturday. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> on Saturday, subsequently likes dogs. It's a very Ooh. highly specific. Yeah. Also, uh, a spinoff for the sex doll. Is uh, the stop. God, Michael. <laughs> On Saturday, she <laughs> borrowed six adorable puppies from a local shelter for the wedding party to carry instead of bouquets. Uh, the Chihuahua puppies, mm. uh, Chihuahua Dachshund mix, will turn eight weeks old next week. Anyway, there's a picture of her and her bridesmaids. Well, with the that's pups. about the oh, cutest. That is pretty cute. adorable. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. but it's just to, just to raise awareness for uh, you know for rescue pets and things like that. Oh, so. they're adorable. Look yeah. at them. I know. Look at the puppies. Like look at that, Michael. Look like they're smiling. Look at the puppies. They're oh, all happy. Oh man. Cute. Yeah. Just remind me of the like seven kittens I've got at home. Right if now. I like could <laughs> hire somebody else to take care of an animal, I, know, I would real. have one. I don't really want to take care of a dog. I have three kids. They're hard enough to yeah. take care yeah. of. Um, it's hard enough not killing them. I don't need a, I don't need another uh, mammal in my house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Seriously, it's just somebody else to feed and clean up shit after. So. Yep. That's all I got. Okay. So uh, people are not happy about, this is an update, uh, people are not happy about Crayola's newest color name. Um, The fact that it's not even a word. The color is 
Blutiful. What? The color is a new blue crayon. Blutiful is the color. Neat. It beat out four other names with 40% of the vote. In an yeah, this is why you don't do online uh, voting. This is why. Was Bluey, Mc, was get, Bluey McBlueface one? Then you sure. get boats named Bodie McBoatface. And, uh, uh, out of thousands of uh, English and foreign words uh, for blue hue, uh, Crayola mangles the real word um, and fails uh, teaching kids you know, if there's color one name thing and spelling. I really genuinely hate about our generation and younger is their penchant for just combining words that have no yeah. business. Beautiful. Yeah. Brangelina. Yeah. Benifer. Yeah. Brat. That's Brad Matt together. It is. Mm. It's good. Yeah. Um, Come up with that yourself. Yeah. Just now. Uh, 90k submissions, and that's the one that won. Wow, ninety thousand submissions. That's the best they could come up with out of yeah. ninety thousand submissions. Just, whatever, man. And they picked one that's not a color, not an object, not even a fucking word. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. people wonder what's wrong with with America. What's wrong with the world? Blutiful. Blutiful. That's what's wrong. Blutiful. With America. It's everything in a it's microcosm. Everything that's I'm wrong. I'm guessing with this Trump world. voters got that voted in. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> Trump for blutiful. Yeah. Uh, they're more like actually white. sounds like they're a more white. That sounds like a word that he would tweet, thinking it's an actual word. Yeah, it was beautiful. You are so, so beautiful to me. <laughs> Can't you see? Yeah. All right, all right. I'm really glad I participate in that. <laughs> um, Jaguars fans. Uh, oh, I saw this. Uh, have a new tailgate tradition um, where they dive into a pool of mayo. Boy. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that seems pretty on brand for Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, they yeah. won. They won one game. <laughs> yeah, well, and like they're diving into mayonnaise saying, that's now. That's one like, of four they will win I this know. year. So, I'm not really gonna gonna say anything other than that. Yeah, Just, the, there, there's, there's nothing that. really to say. Like I feel yeah. like the headline really encapsulates the whole story. And then uh, babies born. Mayonnaise is disgusting, by the way. I don't like mayonnaise. No. Mir- Miracle Whip. It's gross. Miracle Whip's better. I don't like it in, on sandwiches no. and stuff. I, I, can't nope. just, like, I can't just like eat it Spoonful with a spoon. Of no. Do you like Miracle like, Whip? No. Do you it's like a, Miracle Whip? I'm fine with it. I grew up on Miracle Whip. I, I grew up on Miracle Whip, too, but now I'm just a mayonnaise guy. Uh, olive oil mayonnaise? Or regular? No, just regular. I don't care. Olive oil's not bad. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. It's this all is crap. Your, this is your mayonnaise segment this of... Uh, <laughs> We need a mayonnaise. There's nothing more white than three white guys talking about their <laughs> mayonnaise. favorite mayonnaise. We are really the mayonnaise of podcasts. If we're really, if we're honest, let's just be honest. Yeah, we pretty much are. Next week, it's not going to be what are you drinking. It's going to be what are you what are you dipping your mayonnaise in. <laughs> we're just going to we try really try should. different brands of we mayonnaise. We really should. Let's the do it. Let's start a new web. segment. Um, we're going to get some this, this week in Mayo. This week in Mayo. Get some Kroger Somebody brand. write a jingle for that, and we're doing it. The Craft Mayo <laughs> brand. How many were different? I don't know of any more. God, that's so funny. Uh, okay. Uh, babies born on back-to-back days outside the same Burger King. What? Yeah, two, uh, two women have delivered healthy babies on back-to-back days in a parking lot in the same Burger King what restaurant. You get for eating a Whopper in New Jersey. Oh man, I could eat a Whopper right now. Um, yeah, they're just all right. No, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, they on them. You got to get them without <laughs> mayo. You don't get the mayo. No. Oh man. Did you not just hear me say I don't like mayo? I know on but anything. Like. You can not like it and still like eat it every once in a while. He's Bruce Willis and whole nine oh, yards. Yeah, God, that's so funny. <laughs> Why do Canadians put mayonnaise on everything? <clears throat> I swear I to know. God. 
If there's mayonnaise on this, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> that's a really underrated. It's movie. a really. It's, it's a pretty really funny movie. Funny. The whole nine yards. Oh, I haven't seen that in ages. Oh, man, it's, it's really funny. good. Yeah, it's way better than the whole ten mm. yards. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. How, seriously, dude, I, what are you doing? How many more do we? The, I'm still talking about the their Burger King. <laughs> All right. So um, the Denvel police called and said Denvel. Denvel. Oh, I thought you were supposed to try to say Denver and <laughs> have a stroke. No. It's actually Denville. It's a Denville. 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 <laughs> Michael, do you smell toast? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, they say that the parents were stuck on their way to the hospital. Count backwards, count backwards from 10, Michael. And had to pull over. At Burger King. At Burger King. I feel like that's the last place I would pull over to have a baby would be Burger King. I don't know, man. Those uh, chicken sandwiches are pretty good. Yeah, that's true. The very some nuggets next at her while mm-hmm. she's pushing. Oh, yeah. What did you Throw say? some nuggets at her while she's pushing. The nuggets there are not as good as McDonald's. Oh, I think they're fine. They're good. They're, they're, they're all right. Good. They're fine. They're right. I kind of prefer like them, it. actually. I, I, I like will, the chicken fries. I will say chicken fries are GTS. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Cheeto chicken fries. I didn't have those. Jeebus, they're so good. <laughs> Michael's over there having a Burger King gasm. Uh, double bacon cheeseburger, I think there is really good. Is it? Okay. Can we move on to something I'm else? I'm trying to think of. They also have some great pies. <laughs> their Hershey's pie is solid. Reese's cup pie. <laughs> <clears throat> When a Michael loves a chicken fry. <laughs> when a Michael loves a Whopper. <laughs> when a Michael loves a Whopper. <laughs> when a Michael loves a Whopper. Yep. He gets it with mayo Can't and cheese. Nothing you, know, you know what's surprising? I've never had Get a... Get some chicken fries and never. eat some down. Never had a Big Mac. Dips what? them in mayo. Never had a Big Seriously, Mac. how is that possible that you've never had a Big Mac? Never I've had never a had a Big Mac. Mac. What? You're bullshit. No, I've never had a Big Mac. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued by the middle piece of bread. You realize they've been around for 30 okay. I don't like cheese years. on my burgers. You can ask for that's them without. That's not like the... the that's I don't not like the mayo. It doesn't, it's not mayo. It's like it's Thousand like Frisco. Island. It's a special sauce. Lettuce it's cheese. Thousand Island. I don't like Thousand the, Island either. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Should, how have you, of all people, never had a Big Mac, Michael? Why me, of all people? It's not like I'm at Michael, McDonald's you all the live time. at fast food restaurants. No. Yes. No. <laughs> you, you live yes. at Pilot Travel Centers. <laughs> no, I live at Pilot Travel Centers right now. I got some buy one, get one free beef jerky today that was delightful. <laughs> and then texted us about it. And you, you said really you already did. knew. I did. That's I like, did. yeah, I already got it. Last week. Lenny ate it. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did he ate the second one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Can we move on yeah. to the good stuff? Yeah, let's go to the good stuff. Get out of this shit. This is what you've been waiting for, friends. This is... You, you've, you've waited through all the shit to get to this. Yep. Hold on, hold on. I gotta... This is especially for Brian. I doubt he's listening. A little Bob Dylan for him. This is my favorite Dylan Set song. Set the mood. Ballad of a Thin Man. Mm-hmm. I freaking love this song so much. I prefer All Along the Watchtower. It's a good song, too. You walk into the room With a pencil in your hand You see somebody naked I think you're more Bob Dylan than Bob Dylan see, is Bob Dylan. who is that man? You try so hard But you okay. we move I can't on. understand Brian's up Just what you will say when you get home 
All right. That's for you, Brian. You're not listening, but uh, Brian's just on the off chance that you were. If Perry's listening. Hi, Perry. Hi, Perry. Uh, you seem like a wonderful person. You do. I'd like to meet her. Um, Brian Zond is the founder and lead pastor at Word of Life Church. Just get on the Word of Life yeah. Church podcast yes. and download everything and listen to it. It's so good. It's a non-denominational Christian congregation in St. Joseph, Missouri. Brian and his wife, Perry, uh, founded the church in 1981. The good kind of Christian, not the bad kind of Christian. Yeah. Uh, two years two years before I was born, they started Man. this church. Uh, Brian is also the author of several books, including his latest, Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God, uh, Water to Wine, A Farewell oh, to man. Mars. That was good, too. Yeah, that so was, was good, good too. God. Beauty Will Save the World, An Unconditional, yeah. The Call of Jesus to Radical Just get on Amazon and buy all his books. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think I, I thought Farewell to Mars is his best book until I read this one. I think this one is. Yeah, Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God. Yeah, it kind of feels phenomenal. like everything he's ever written has kind of led up to this. Oh, well, I told, I think I, I don't think I told him. Maybe I've said this on the podcast. You definitely thought about it. I did. <laughs> I've told you guys that, like, there are three books that have been written in the last year, I think, that are, if people ask me, what do I believe, I would hand them all three of these books. Yeah. One is Roar's Divine Dance on yeah. the Trinity, uh, Rob Bell's book on the Bible, What yeah. is the Bible, and then this book with Brian's on. Yeah, like, so freaking good. If you want anything I, that we believe, just read those three books, and that'll cover it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's really interesting. I don't generally really care to ever be a Christian, but when I listen, read a book by Brian's on, yeah. or listen to him, yeah. a sermon, or interview him, or whatever, like, he really gives me hope that mm-hmm. maybe someday I can come back to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I... Like, listen, he actually I, makes me want to sort of be a Christian. I mean, which, we had this conversation with him, and then I went to church the next week. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm right there with you. He's him. a good dude, man. Yep. Um, so freaking good. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and just a reminder, if you skip through the first part of the show... Um, <laughs> which, if you, let's face it, you probably did. Twitter.com <laughs> slash Pastor's Podcast. You can get a free copy of his book uh, if you're one of the five selected by uh, retweeting our pinned tweet that is there for the next week. Um, so seven days. Let's be honest. We're probably going to pick people we like. So No, I'm going to do it random. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to do it fair. Random. You guys are not in charge of this. I will <laughs> no. do it random. I will do it fair. There was one bot that I know for sure... I retweeted it. We're not going to give it to the bot. Uh, she had a very scantily dressed oh, cover and neat. Some, oh, I some, saw that. Well, that some was a, links. Yeah, that was definitely a bot. Definitely a bot. Yeah, um, yeah bots need Jesus too. <laughs> do they? This is Bert. this is Matt. Sex yeah, but we're not mailing. Sex bot sorry, but we're not mailing a book to Moscow. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, go to go to Twitter, like us, follow, uh, retweet that. Uh, or follow us and retweet it, yeah. and uh, you can get in there. You're gonna love this one, All kids. Right. This is Brian Zond. Buckle up. We have Brian Zond here. Brian, welcome. <laughs> Hello. Good to be with you again. Yes, again. You inglorious pastors. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it just really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? You know, it's just funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you have written another book, uh, one of a few books that you've written now, uh, called Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God. Um, we, the three of us, have all read it, loved it. Yeah, um, yeah very much so. But could you uh, give a brief synopsis of your book for our listeners, just without giving too much away? Uh, what is Sinners in the Hands of a Loving sure. God about? Well, to begin with, obviously the title is a riff on Jonathan Edwards, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. 
sermon that he preached in mm -hmm. 1741, a Puritan classic. And it's also probably the sermon that has shaped the American religious imagination more than any other. Mm -hmm. And so I'm riffing off of that. But really what I'm doing, and I never really say it in the book. I don't tell you this is what it is. But I'm responding to about six areas of pushback that I've got in some of my other writings and sermons. And so I'm responding to questions like, well, what about the wrath of God? What about Old Testament violence? What about the violence of the cross? What about hell? That's a big one. Mm -hmm. yeah. What about the book of Revelation? I mean, in the end, doesn't Jesus say, forget the Sermon on the Mount, come back and kill millions of people? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so really, the book is aimed at someone who wants to... Look, if you have a deep, profound commitment to Calvin's ism in an institutional sort of way, this book is probably a non-starter for you. <laughs> but if you say, you know what, I have an inclination, a glimmer that somehow um, God is in no way truly angry, violent, and retributive. And yet, you don't want to throw away your Bible. You say, but I see that. If I picture in the Bible. Right. Okay, this is who I wrote the book for. People that have a commitment to the Scripture as formative for Christian faith, and yet think there is something to this idea that maybe God isn't angry, violent, and retributive. Mm. So how do you hold those two things together? That's who I wrote the book for. And so that's what I'm dealing with. What about the fear of God, wrath of God, Old Testament, violence, what about the violence of the cross? What about hell? What about the book of Revelation? That's basically what I'm doing there. Although that 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 makes it sound more simplistic than the book actually is. Sure. But that's that's that's, that's a summary of what I'm up no, to. No, you did a good job. You didn't give a ton away. That's good. <laughs> that's the reader's digest wet, version. Wet the appetite. Yeah. I like that. Um, could you talk a little bit about your relationship with uh, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God uh, just through over the years? Because I think... Um, well, I'm not going to tell you what, what you're going to say. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, this is not just some sort of marketing device. You know, let's see, let me find an old Puritan sermon that I can change, <laughs> change one word to. You know, ruin a Puritan sermon with one word or something. You know? <laughs> no, I was, as a young pastor, you know, I started pastoring full time when I was 22. And early on, I was fascinated by the revivalists, mm -hmm. John Wesley, George Whitfield, you know, Charles Finney, Jonathan Edwards. And um, I knew that this sermon was somehow somewhat connected with the Great Awakening. And so I thought, well, you know, if it worked for Edwards, maybe it'll work for me. Maybe I can, you know, I don't know, have my own Great Awakening. And <laughs> so I, I photocopied. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God out of a larger work, like collected works of Edwards. And I fashioned my own homemade copy. So I photocopied the pages, and then I made a booklet out of it. And this is back when cut and paste was done with scissors and glue. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was it a lot of hands-on work. And I had, I had a cardstock cover, heavy blue paper, and I wrote with a magic marker heavy black marker on the cover of it, 
sinners in the hands of, and then in all caps, angry God. And I highlighted parts of it, and I memorized parts of it, and I incorporated it into my arsenal for evangelism by terrorism. And the idea is that you threaten people with a very angry, violent, retributive God, and then introduce Jesus as the one that will save you from that God. So it's kind of a good cop, bad cop. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Know, routine for evangelism. And so, I mean, I did that. I mean, so that is my, you know, I did that. And, but as I stayed on the journey seeking to know the God revealed in Christ, eventually, now, you know, quite, a, I mean, a lot of water under the bridge, but eventually I began to rethink all of that and arrived at the place where it was untenable for me to think that God is in fact actually uh, angry towards sinners. Here, I'm gonna, let me just read a little snippet because not everybody knows right, about yes. sin in the hands of an angry God. Although, although a lot of Americans are familiar with it, mm -hmm. not in a theological sense, but in a um, well, it comes up in school, you know, high school or wherever. People, it, it, for whatever reason, it's often given as an example of creative writing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. It, it is it is creative. Okay. <laughs> and then it's creative and then it's not true. Love it. <laughs> That's the question. Is it true? Here's here's a um, here's probably the most famous passage, the spider passage in this sermon. Edwards, and of course, you know, he just preached from a manuscript, so this is exactly what he said. The God that holds you over the pit of hell, much as one holds a spider or some loathsome insect over the fire, abhors you and is dreadfully provoked. His wrath toward you burns like fire. He looks upon you as worthy of nothing else but to be cast into the fire. He is of purer eyes than to have to bear you in his sight. You are 10,000 times so abominable in his eyes as the most hateful venomous serpent is in ours. Okay, so that's 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 the most famous passage. I'm going to read one more passage. That's though. super super uplifting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and this was this was actually my well, dare I say it? It was my favorite because because I thought it was the most ter terrifying. Okay, so here's here's what Edward says. This is toward the end of the sermon. It would be dreadful to suffer suffer the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God for one moment, but you must suffer it to all eternity. There will be no end to this, now listen to this, exquisite, horrible misery. When you look forward, you shall see forever a boundless duration before. Wallow up your thoughts and amaze your soul, and you will absolutely despair of ever having any deliverance, any end, any mitigation, any rest at all. You will know certainly that you must wear out long ages millions of millions of ages in wrestling and conflicting with this almighty, merciless vengeance. And then when you have done so, when so many ages have actually been spent by you in this manner, you will know that it is all but a point to what remains. Man, wow. Dang. Yeah. But that's in their almighty, merciless vengeance. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... If God is almighty and you know, all the omnis, uh, he could really have a torture chamber right? that would be really bad. 
you know, almighty merciless vengeance. And the idea is um, that's what's going to happen to people that don't believe right. Right. And so uh, would you like to ask Jesus? (laughs) Uh, Bow your heads and pray this prayer. (laughs) So now does it get results? I mean, yes. Does it work? Depends on what you mean by work, yes. But that isn't the question. The question, is it true? Yeah. Is it true? Are we, in fact, saying something that is ultimately true about God, or are we not only misrepresenting, but um, slandering the God whom Jesus called Abba? And so once I made that move and said, you know what? God is supremely revealed in Jesus, and I don't see Jesus uh, relating to sinners as loathsome spiders that he can't stand to look at and threatening them with almighty merciless vengeance. Right. So I had to start reworking everything, and having done so, uh, it was such a beautiful discovery that I thought, you know, other people might like this too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, That's what this book's about. It's interesting when we talk about God of vengeance— uh, God of anger, God of wrath. You know, we use these words and we, you know, we can, I mean, it's not hard. You make the point in the book. It's not hard to cherry pick that out of the, I mean, you can make a compelling case for that. You can, God. I did it for decades. I mean, right. I know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most do people do. I, I'm not saying that people are doing this disingenuously. Right. Uh, yes, that portrait of God can be painted from the palette of scripture, but still the question remains is it true? Yeah. I wonder sometimes if we cling, if people cling to a God of vengeance and anger because of our own self-loathing, you know, because I think it's easier to just sort of ascribe misery to God than it is to deal with your own demons. And so, I mean, would you say that oftentimes when people say God abhors you, what they're actually saying is I abhor myself? Yeah, two things. One, I think that's often the case. Uh, and oftentimes, though, I think people are saying, God hates you and I hate you too. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely the flip side these, of that. These aspects of vengeance, violence, wrath, and retribution, I'm just going to come out and say this is almost always a projection upon God. Yes, yes. Of our own addiction to wrath and retribution and violence and vengeance. We, we are, I mean, we're projecting that upon God. And But to make it more complicated, to make this a little more tricky, uh, the Bible at times participates in that. Yeah. And so if you don't have a more mature way of approaching Scripture, and you can find one verse that seems to paint God in that light, well, there you have it. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that I believe that that settles it, and there's no more <laughs> to be done about it. <laughs> the problem is, is people don't want to recognize that the Bible doesn't paint a single portrait of God, and they're not always consistent. People want to pretend that the Bible is always consistent, but that's not true. So that when a, um, you know, when a skeptic or even an angry atheist says to me, the Bible's full of contradictions, I say, well, you have no idea. <laughs> you know, I'm a professional here. Yes, of course. But I still love the scriptures, yeah. and I believe in God, and I believe in the God revealed in Christ. And so how do you do that? How do you hold to the scriptures as a sacred text, but not let them harm you? Right. 
I let me tell a, let me tell a pastoral story. Sure. Yeah. That involves this podcast of all things. Oh no. Oh, no. oh gosh. We apologize, Brian. <laughs> no, no, this is a good story. You're gonna like this. Uh, I think. I think you'll like it. Uh, two weeks ago, when I started the sermon series on this book, uh, a couple came up to me. I'm not gonna say where they're from, but they, they came up to me. Uh, and they live, I don't know, it's like three hours away. And they had heard me on Inglorious Pastors last time I was on. <laughs> and they became familiar with me and they read, I don't know, one of my books or blog or something. I don't know what how, how they, but they started paying attention to me. <laughs> and then they got this book and they, they said they're going to come, you know, every Sunday during this series, driving three hours one way. Wow. Jeez. But but here but here's the thing here's the story, uh, the man he's like I, I'm guessing about forty had uh, grown up in church wandered away got away from faith got away from Christ comes back starts okay so I got to read the New Testament that would be a good thing to do he thinks <laughs> and so he starts reading you know Matthew Mark Luke John everything's fine he's into the epistles he gets to Hebrews <laughs> and he and he, and he he's telling me the story and he said I got to Hebrews six. And I stopped him right there, and I said, and you read this, and I can quote it. <laughs> you read this. For those who continue in sin after believing, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a certain terrifying expectation of judgment, the fury of God's wrath that consumes the adversaries. I said, you read that, right? And he looked at me, yeah. And I said, and, and you think that's about you? Uh, yeah, and, and you're very troubled, and you can't sleep at night. And Exactly. So— I'm, I'm telling this story, and I think I was able to help him, but I mean, the point is, we sometimes just blithely tell people, you know, th throw a Bible at them, say, here, you're a Christian, read this book, it'll help you. <laughs> um, it may, yeah. it may, it also may, you know, damage your faith. Yeah. So the Bible is something that is given to the community of the church. We've turned around and just thrown it at the lone individual and say, here's a Bible. Good luck. <laughs> and sometimes you can read these horrible passages. Again, you know, I've been a pastor for 36 years. How many people have I talked to who are convinced they've committed the unpardonable sin? Right. Mm, yeah. In the Holy Spirit. I mean, and they're, they're almost psychotic. I mean, they're almost, you know, dysfunctional at some point. Yeah. I can't tell you how many, what is it? I was a youth. Will not forgive them. Yeah, and they they imagine God's eternal torture chamber awaits them, and there's nothing they can do to prevent that. I mean, if you really believe that, you talk about a, a deep pathology of the soul. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, I I remember in people. yeah, I remember as a youth pastor having so many kids. I, I say that to me, like, I, or ask me. I, I I think I might have committed the unpardonable sin. I'm like, dude, you're 14. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my just relax. I mean, for one, yeah. masturbation is not the unpardonable sin. <laughs> you're probably fine. Now um, there'll be a way they'll connect it in their minds, right? Yeah. But man, it is crazy to, from such a young age how it can mess people up so bad. Yeah, uh, in their view of God, that when I would say, no, God loves you like in there's this thing called grace that's actually real and it's a free gift and he loves you as you are no matter how, how much you screw up it would blow their minds but that's the central that's the well, message see, we've, we've imbued the bible with such overwhelming authority especially in the protestant world because it's all we have yep. we don't really have the authority of the church or tradition right what we have is the bible alone 
And so it becomes the ultimate and almost sole authority. You give it to someone and they find one verse that is somewhat traumatizing or terrorizing and it lodges in their mind and it almost undoes their faith. So I love the scriptures, but you have to learn how to read them and interpret them in a certain way or they can actually be toxic. So let it's me, like it's like you know those those Japanese dishes that you have to prepare it just right or it'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a blowfish. Yeah. Sometimes the Bible's that way. <laughs> it's funny you say you're throwing the Bible at people how it was meant for a community of faith. I remember back when I was my early days of being a youth pastor when I was 24 and knew everything, um, having a discussion or an argument in a board meeting with the pastor about he was trying to get people at the library who weren't you know they weren't. Christians, quote unquote, they weren't really churchgoers at all. And he's like trying to get them to arguing with them from the Bible. I'm like, dude, you're starting at the wrong place. Right. Like, yeah. like you can't you can't start there with a, a book that they don't give any credence to. Like they don't, it means nothing to them. Like it means to you. So yeah. it, it's interesting. You talk about scripture in 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 the book, and I, I love the example you gave. I want you to talk about it a little bit the metaphor of John the Baptist, his relationship to the incarnate Word being similar to how yeah. how we should understand the relationship between the Bible and the revelation of God in Christ. Because that you, you claim that that particular way of seeing Scripture is really the high view of Scripture. And we ha- the reason we're asking this is because we, we were on a pod, uh, another podcast on Monday night, and one of the um, people in that podcast is, a, is, a, is fairly conservative in their view. They have like a more progressive, they have guys kind of in the middle, and then they have a guy who's super conservative on things. And he kind of accused us of having a very low view of scripture. We're like, no, 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 diminishing no. the scripture, diminishing really the scriptures by how we how we viewed them. Um, can you talk a little bit about the that metaphor and just kind of what it means to see scripture in the light of Jesus? Yeah, I wish that uh, we could bring Christians to the point that when we say the word of God, the first thing they think <laughs> is Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Because we even and brought then, that secondly, up. Secondly, they think the Bible. The Bible, I don't mind calling the Bible the Word of God. That's fine. But it's in a penultimate sense. Yeah. yeah. The ultimate Word of God to which the Bible bears witness is Jesus the Christ. So John opens his magisterial gospel with this poetic prologue. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the divine logic of God, God's own understanding of God's self. And the word was with God and the word was God. And you know the story. And, and then and then eventually you get to verse 14 and the word, the logos, the divine logic of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have beheld his glory, his beauty as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. And then at the end of the poetic prologue, it says uh, no one has ever seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is near the father's heart, he has made him known. And we might want to protest. We say, what do you, what do you mean, John? You said no one's ever seen God. Uh, what, about, uh, what about Abraham? He saw God, had, a, had steak with him under the oaks of Mamre. Remember that? <laughs> Jacob saw God at the top of that ladder, and, and uh, Moses saw God, and his face got all shiny. And then Moses took the 70 elders of Israel up on the mountain, and it says, and they saw God and ate and drank. And Isaiah had visions of God in the temple in the year King Uzziah died, and Ezekiel had visions of God by the river Kibar, and on it goes. And John would say, look, I understand you don't have to teach me the Bible, but no matter what, 
visions, revelations, dreams, epiphanies, Christophanies, theophanies that people have had in times past compared to the revelation of God that we have in Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But in this prologue, in John chapter 1, interspersed with the poetry are these parenthetical statements about John the Baptist and his role in as it pertains to the coming of uh, the word that has been made flesh, who is Jesus the Christ, as he begins his public ministry. It says things like, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. And then a little later it says a, kind of a similar thing. Um, John bore witness about him and cried, this is the one of whom I said, one comes after me is mightier than I. So, um, I think the relationship of John the Baptist to Jesus is quite similar to how we should understand the relationship of Scripture as the Word of God with the Word of God, who is the second person of the Trinity, the Logos made flesh, Jesus Christ, so that we could say it this way, there came a book sent from God whose name was the Bible. It came to bear witness about the light that all might believe through it. It was not the light, but it came to bear witness to the light. In other words, the Bible doesn't call us to believe in the Bible. The Bible calls us to believe in Jesus. The Bible never saved anybody. The Bible is a signpost that points us to that which is the Savior. In fact, Jesus is so much the Savior that Jesus saves all that will be saved, including the Bible. <laughs> it's oh just that saves the Bible from being just another violent religious text. So, uh, and, and that's, that's not a low view of Scripture, that's a high view of Christ. Yes. That's a high view of Christ. Man, that's and, and it's also it's also, and I'm going to argue this, it's also conservative because it's consistent with the patristics. With the church fathers. Yeah. So modern day fundamentalists may think they're conservative. They're just the other side of the corner of a different version of liberalism. And, you know, try telling fundamentalists the problem is they're too liberal. But I... <laughs> oh, man. Their heads might explode, actually, if you right. told them that. Yeah. Um, at one point or another, everyone on this call has used uh, the image of an angry slash monster God as a way to convert people to Christianity. Mm -hmm. uh, there's blood on our hands. How do we reconcile uh, what our current understanding of God is um, with with the, our history? And how do we get rid of the monster? Um, the we write a book called Sinners in the Hands of God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, just, we just sent her by to Amazon to buy your book. Yeah. That's what we do. Right, well, I, ha I haven't quoted a Bob Dylan line yet. There you go. Yes. <laughs> in his song, Nettie Moore, he has this line, I got a pile of sins to pay for and I ain't got time to hide. And so there is a sense in which I am kind of trying to make amends. Now, part of my own defense, though, is I never did anything disingenuously. Yeah, I, you know, sure. I, I was working from the light that I had in the moment. Yeah. But, you know, as I gained more light, there came more responsibility. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to help people here. Because, like I said, you can use uh, an angry God, a monster God, a violent God, a retributive God, a God who hates sinners, um, in a evangelism technique that may get results, but it comes with a price. Yeah. And it comes with the price of you are injecting them with a virus 
that may cause them trouble throughout their entire life. That they're never really convinced that God loves them. That their salvation is has something to do with kind of a quid pro quo deal that God and Jesus worked out. But God only loves us uh, because of Jesus. So that we see Jesus at the cross saving us from God when we should see Jesus at the cross revealing God as Savior, which is profoundly different. And so I just think we have to do the best we can. We, we, we help people understand what John comes to understand, and I think it's the pinnacle of scriptural revelation, that God is love. And that's a daring move that John makes to say that, and he says it twice, that God is love, and in him is no darkness at all. Um, so sometimes, you know, people might push back with me a little bit, and they say, well, you know, you talk about the Bible in a way that I'm afraid is going to cause people to lose their faith, it's a slippery slope, as they say. <laughs> yeah. But I remind them that the slope slopes in both directions. And terrorizing them with an angry God and telling them that they have to believe that God commanded what we would today call war crimes and genocide in the Old Testament uh, also is a way to help people lose their faith, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's not just as simple as saying, you know, this is the Bible, you have to believe every word of it just like you think you read it. Uh, that can cause trouble. I mean, I, I've met with more than one, more than two, um, you know, three or four young people over the years who had almost identical experiences, and I'm sure these are going to be representative of who knows how many, but they, in their college years, went on some sort of trip to Europe, and they end up at Auschwitz. Mm. And while they're touring Auschwitz, they almost lose their Christian faith because they have an aberration of Christian faith that has told them that all non-Christians get burned up in God's you know oven forever. And so they're standing there in Auschwitz, seeing the ovens of the Holocaust, and they have this thought, do I have to believe, to be a Christian, do I have to believe that as soon as these Jews left Hitler's ovens, they went into God's ovens for mm-hmm. And they're, on the, they're just on the verge of losing their Christian faith over it. So um, it, what you use to bring people into the faith could also be that which ultimately drives them out of the faith. When they get a little bit more reflective, get a little bit older, right, they yeah. become morally offended by the God that you have used to, that you have presented to them uh, in order to get them to receive Jesus. And, you know, you, you can create atheists that way. Now, yes. now, they're not intellectual atheists, they're protest atheists. Right. They're essentially saying this God should not exist. And it's interesting, most atheists, most, can give you a pretty good description of the God they don't believe in, yeah. which is very interesting. If they can give you a rather consistent fairly detailed description of the God they don't believe in, then, you know, they're really, their problem isn't so much intellectual as it is moral. And they're simply saying, I don't believe this God should exist, to which I'm happy to say, and I agree, and I don't believe that God does exist, <laughs> but I believe in God. Right, yeah. You know, it, why Why do so many preachers cling to the angry monster God? Because the, I... We get, I mean, the stats don't lie, and we get messages 
all the time from people saying, I didn't realize you could think of God the way that you guys think of God, meaning loving, yeah. uh, grace, you know, whatever. They had no idea, and they left the faith years ago. I mean, they right. had, we, we get messages all the time along those lines. Yeah, I, do, I, I know. I, I do, too. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, and, I, and I really, truly believe that the, the exodus away from the church that you're seeing in this country, and while it's not 100% this, I think, by and large, it's because this is the, the image of God that we have portrayed for so long in the church. And so why, why do so many preachers cling to this God? this kind of God? I think there's no one answer. I think there's a lot of answers. But part of the answer is uh, America has a Puritan soul. Mm-hmm. And um, Jonathan Edwards is not an outlier, but is really representative of that which really shaped the American religious imagination. Um, <laughs> so, so it doesn't matter if people are religious or not. I mean, a- most atheists in America are atheists of the Puritan God. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. I right. mean, so, so America is a, has a Puritan DNA in it and either people embrace it or they reject it, but it remains dominant that this is how we view God. And, uh, you know, you can trace the whole history of how that happened. And then the rise of fundamentalism in the 1920s connected with the Scopes monkey trial and all of that business. Um, I think just a unique storm of events have occurred, uh, and 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 part of it's our colonial history, where some of the violent passages of the Old Testament pertaining to the conquest were used to justify mm-hmm. the ethnic cleansing and abusive treatment of the indigenous peoples of North America, and so this violent retributive God served a purpose in the American interest that uh, this is how God had been through Israel toward the Canaanites and seeing America as a new Israel and the inhabitants as new Canaanites. So you see, it's not just one thing, but it is a phenomenon that has occurred that uh, there's been, of course, the resurgence of the neo-Calvinists, and they kind of want to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that's... In passing, I think what you saw beginning about, I don't know, about 15 years ago, maybe a little more, something like that, is you had a group of, at that time, they would have been in their 20s, young pastors who were tired of pop Christianity that was just, you know, kind of, you know, how to have a happy family and, you know, seven steps to achieving your destiny, that kind of stuff. They began to see the thinness and the shallowness of that. And they reached out for something that was more robust. And for whatever reason, the first thing that they found was um, some form of Calvinism Mm -hmm. through John Piper or others. And and, you know, so so they embraced that and it's given that some new energy. But I meet guys all the time. I mean, I meet them all the time that. So they, they start there, and they begin to embrace some of this Calvinism, but eventually they run into N.T. Wright <laughs> and some of what I would consider are better theologians. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, that that whole—I think that movement has peaked. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, so suddenly you, you begin to find Brueggemann and Wright and Hauerwas, and you find there's better ways of— 
thinking about God. So I didn't ever answer your question exactly how I think this happens, but it is a phenomenon. Yeah, America sure. is haunted by the monster God in ways that a lot of other places aren't. Now, where, where American missionary activities have uh, been central to how the gospel came into a country, I'm thinking parts of Africa and yeah. Latin America, they have that problem too. Right. But uh, other places are not obsessed about the angry, violent, retributive God and hell and all that, like America is. So, so this is, you know, we have our work to do. But there, there is an audience out there. Like I said earlier, though, people that still have a primal, almost institutional commitment to Calvinism, I, I think sinners in the hands of loving God isn't ever going to do anything with them at this point. Right, right. But if there is a if there is a glimmer, if there's this tiny seed, if there's a little bit of intuition that maybe God is better than this monstrous version, uh, then I think sinners in the hands of a loving God can be helpful to him. Well, let me ask this: You talk in the book about the crucifixion, and um, can you talk about that in its relationship to empire? Because you've talked you talk a lot about empire in several of your books, actually. Um, and I think that that's something that message is pretty important, especially today, as we see the um, a lot of evangelicalism sort of bowing down to empire for the sake of power. Can you talk about the crucifixion and its relationship to that? Yeah, we what part of what's happened is um, we're at the tail end of Christendom. Christendom begins with Constantine, mm-hmm. a so-called Christian emperor. And um, there was a deal reached, essentially, you bless our empire and our war-waging efforts to maintain our empire, and I'll give you favored status. And so what happens is the church, instead of being a prophetic voice, becomes a chaplain in complicity with the empire, and Jesus is demoted from being lord, which is ultimately a political term, Mm -hmm. being secretary of afterlife affairs— (laughs) <laughs> get us into heaven when it, we it is, a, it is a cabinet post though so <laughs> so so the yeah, so the cross becomes a factor in a salvation equation which is understood of, uh, as how to get us into heaven when we die well once you do that when you privatize individualize and make the cross primarily post mortem you take away its ability to critique the principalities and powers mm-hmm. Paul talks about how the cross shames right. mm-hmm. the principalities and powers. So, uh, Paul, you know, one of the aspects of the we have to understand that crucifixion was a means of psychological terror that the Romans imposed upon occupied people. They didn't crucify just anybody. I mean, there were people that they might want to execute that they didn't bother to crucify because that's you know a lot of effort and takes time. They crucified those that they had deemed a threat to imperial power. So runaway slaves, revolutionaries, and people like that. I mean, Jesus is convicted of treason, of some form of insurgency, because he's claiming to be a king. And the only people that can be a king in the Roman Empire are those that Caesar has made a client king. And so Jesus claims to be a king, and so he's got to be crucified for that. And they crucified them naked. I mean, we see most of our crucifixes are, you know, for the sake of modesty. They're not entirely naked. But there was this idea of shame that was connected to the cross. That is a shameful death. And Paul says, no, you know, the shame didn't come on Jesus. 
the shame came upon the principalities and powers, which we understand is the very rich, the very powerful, the very religious, the institutions they represent, and the spirit that animates it all. So if you ask Pilate or Caiaphas or Herod, which represent the principalities and powers, you know, of, of the very powerful, very rich, very religious. Why are you crucifying this Galilean Jew? They would tell you that we are wise and we are just and we are preserving truth and we're preserving liberty and we're preserving goodness. We are acting according to wisdom and justice. Well, the cross strips away all of that and it exposes the principalities and powers for having nothing more than a naked ambition for power. And the cross, instead of shaming Jesus of Nazareth, shames them. If you turn the cross merely into an atonement theory about how to go to heaven when you die, then you take away the power of the cross to bring prophetic critique to empire. But the, the cross maintains this powerful critique of empire. And I, sh I should define empire because... I'm just using it as if everybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Empire is not merely a nation. God loves nations. I mean, the diversity of culture and language sure, and ethnicity, right. God loves that. Empires are rich and powerful nations that believe they have a divine right to rule other nations and a manifest destiny to shape history. And the reason God is opposed to empire, and this is a consistent thing. I mean, literally from Genesis to Revelation, that's not just an expression of speech. Right. Literally from Genesis to Revelation, there is a regular and consistent critique of empire. That is, rich, powerful nations that believe they have a divine right to rule other nations and a manifest destiny to shape history. God is opposed to them because this is the very claim that God makes for his son, that Jesus is the son of man that we see in Daniel who instead of these beasts of empire that multiply human suffering around the world, there comes a humane one, a son of man, a son of well, a humane ruler who will be the alternative. And then in the book of Revelation, he's depicted as the lamb, the little lamb, the, the slaughtered lamb that in a kind of macabre comedy way triumphs over the beasts of empire. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people fail to see the dark humor that is occurs several times throughout the book of Revelation. But one example would be uh, when John the Revelator is upset because it appears as if the way the world has been is the way it must be because no one is worthy to unleash God's own agenda for humanity. And he's weeping and the elder says, no, don't weep. Look, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah has overcome. Mm -hmm. So he says, look, a lion, the lion has overcome, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then John looks, and there's no lion. He doesn't see a lion. He sees a little lamb slaughtered but standing again. And so, you know, if we're walking, you know, on a, on a safari somewhere, and I and I, I go, look, a lion. And you look, and it's a little lamb. Well, you're going to laugh. It's a joke. Well, this is the joke that, that Jesus, through nonviolence, through enemy love, through not killing his enemies, but being killed by his enemies, somehow establishes a kingdom that we confess is destined to prevail over all of the empires of the world. And so that's one way of seeing the cross that has been almost entirely obliterated yeah. 
when the church becomes complicit with empire. And we say, oh, no, 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 it's just about how to go to heaven. It's just Jesus paying the price so you can go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And you take away the divine prophetic critique of empire that is inherent within the cross. This is a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was good. That was Boy, really if that good. wasn't like a like a convincing people to buy the book. I just don't know what's going to get them on Amazon. Yeah, if you're, not, if you're not on board at this point, what are you doing with your life? Yes, get the book. Um, speaking of the book, you have a really solid, I mean, the whole book is awesome, uh, but there's a chapter about hell, and I would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Uh, the, the chapter is called Hell and How to Get There. Great title for a chapter. <laughs> so good. Uh, what do you make of passages like uh, Matthew 7, uh, 13, and 14, where it talks about wide is the path that leads to destruction and narrow is the way of life? I'm going to turn to it here. Um, well, notice that Jesus, it's connected right there with uh, with the... Uh, I'm in Luke. No wonder I couldn't find it. Okay. (laughs) It's it's connected with uh, the golden rule. We call the golden Mm -hmm. rule. So whatever you wish others would do to you, do also for them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy. It leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. It leads to life and few are those who find it. It's interesting how we import afterlife issues. Yeah into texts yep. where it's not present. Yeah, uh, I'll come back to that in a second, but let me say that's, that's a problem with hell throughout, I mean, with the whole, with the whole subject of hell, yeah. <laughs> is that the word hell, H-E-L-L, has picked up so many accumulated meanings over the centuries from everyone from like Dante to mm-hmm. J.T. Yeah. Chick and every, you know, horror movie we've seen or <laughs> chick track we've read or every hell house we visited every hell house we visited <laughs> so that when we see hell in the bible that word h-e-l-l we read it back into the text that's not there um it, it's why most modern translations don't even use the word they, they use sheol in the old testament the hebrew mm-hmm. which is not hell house hell it's the place of the dead. Right. Same with Greek Hades, which is just basically the Greek version of that. It's the you know the realm of the dead. Gehenna is connected with the idea of hell, but Jesus tends to connect Gehenna with not tends to. I mean, he almost always connects it with the impending fate of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and he's warning them. He's saying, "Look, I'm bringing you the things that make for peace." If you will learn to walk the narrow way of loving enemy and trusting God, rather than taking the road that most people take and say, what we need is a violent revolution here. What we need to do is kill our enemies. If you will walk the narrow way, it will lead to life. But if you stay on this wide road that leads to destruction, well, then that's exactly what you're going to get. You, I'll give you another example. In Luke 13 – they tell Jesus, they say, uh, hey, did you hear about, you know, those Galilean pilgrims? They came there to offer their sacrifices mm-hmm. and maybe must have started some sort of protest and Pilate executed them. And Jesus said, well, do you think they were worse sinners than all the rest of the Galileans? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, reponse, rethink, uh, you're all going to die like that. And then Jesus adds in, what about that Tower of Siloam? collapsed and killed 18 people. Do you think they're worse sinners than everybody else in Jerusalem? No. I tell you, unless you rethink, you're all going to die in the same way. 
And what we do is we read hell into that passage. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is saying, unless you pray the sinner's prayer and ask Jesus into your heart, uh, you're all going to go to hell when you die. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, unless you abandon your hell-bent for destruction, determination to have a violent revolution against Rome and walk in the way of enemy love and peace that I'm teaching you, you're all going to die by Roman swords and collapsing buildings. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. 40 years later, in AD 70. So, yeah, there is a narrow way that leads to life, and it's and it's it's hard, but it's the way that leads to life. But I don't see it talk. I don't think Jesus is talking about afterlife issues there. Yeah. He's talking about something right. So, so, so what happens in AD 70? Well, Jerusalem goes to hell, and the fire is not quenched, and the worm dieth not, mm-hmm. because you know, you know, the, the maggot-infested corpses among the smoldering rubble of Jerusalem, what is that? That's hell. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a post-mortem judgment, and you can use the word hell, but I'd rather not because of all the accumulated meanings that I think mislead us. The problem with that is when Jesus does seem to talk about some kind of judgment that has a penal aspect to it in the afterlife, notably the parable of the rich man and Lazarus and the parable of the sheep and the goats, which, uh, let me just throw this aside, I don't know that the parable of the sheep and goats is actually an afterlife issue. Mm-hmm. That isn't what Jesus says. He says when the king comes in his glory. Yeah. I think he's talking about, I don't think he's talking about a second coming. I just think he's talking about once the kingdom of God arrives and there is a new way of understanding uh, what is acceptable and what is moral and what is just, there are going to be repercussions. But even if you do make it an afterlife issue, uh, the basis of judgment is not on what you believe theologically or whether you've prayed a prayer or not. Mm-hmm. It's how you treat the poor, the immigrant, the sick, and the imprisoned. And there is some kind of lasting result that goes in. When I say lasting, I mean we're, we're carried into the afterlife with that. Um, it's appointed that each man die once, and after this comes the judgment, the writer of Hebrews says. I say, yeah, and then what? I mean, thus it begins. I, Christ is the Emmanuel who has entered into humanity with us, birth, life, sorrow, struggle, and death. Christ goes down into death that he might, as Paul says at the end of Ephesians 1, fill all things everywhere with himself, including death, so that to enter into death is to encounter Christ but it's to encounter Christ without anything to hide behind. We are all naked and laid bare with him with whom we have to do, the writer of Hebrews says. Mm-hmm. And so when I have to evaluate my own life in the pure, white, gleaming light of Christ, um, then what? I mean, there's nowhere to hide. And I'm left with my own sin and my own self and my own selfishness. And... I don't, I don't think there's an aspect of God. God doesn't abhor us. He loves us. Um, but how we receive that love determines our own experience of it. Um, so I think there is something to be said for hell is the love of God wrongly, re- wrongly received. God has a single disposition towards all sinners, and that is one of unwavering, unconditional love. There flows from the heart of God a river of fire. That when we respond to love with love, it becomes a source of life, light and warmth and comfort. But when we resist the love of God, when we defy it, when we say, no, I will not love God with all my heart. I won't love my neighbor as ourself. 
then that fire becomes to us a kind of purge and a torment and a judgment. So I, I think the whole thing is to align our lives with love. Uh, so anyway, that's that's a man. Little, that man. <laughs> I remember reading that metaphor in the book, and I was like, "Holy yeah. crap!" I so never, I never considered it in any way, shape, or form like that. The idea of fire being that kind of thing for people, and that <laughs> it just it blew my mind. Like it really, it, it was it was highlighted many, many times. Jesus over. talks about everybody being salted with fire, and yeah. then he goes, "And salt is good." <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a good? What if this is a good thing? Yeah. See, for whatever reason, uh, most Protestant evangelical fundamentalists have assumed that what we have is um, that 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 life is one giant um, theological SAT test for appetite <laughs> placement. That all that matters is you know. And, and that once once we arrive at death, that that's the end. Well, I thought Jesus had the keys of death and Hades. Oh man, yeah. So so maybe that's where it begins. I don't think anybody gets away with anything. There's a judgment, and and but I'm convinced that no one ever calls upon the mercy of God and is refused. I don't think you know if someone cries out after death, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I don't think God says, hey, "You should have thought about that five minutes ago." Pal. <laughs> Now, again, but here's where humility is needed. We, we pretend that we have all of these – we pretend that we know about what happens after death. And, and preachers can tell you with great authority. And then you say, okay, really, why do you believe that? And you push them on it. And they'll say, well, the Bible says, okay, well, show me in the Bible where it says that. And you start – and you say, well, yeah, it says that, but is that what that means there? And what about this other verse that contradicts it? I think we have concocted a system. That basically says this, all Christians go to heaven and all non-Christians go to hell. Yeah. The problem is yeah. Jesus never said anything remotely like that. That is the result of a system that's gone amok, gone off the rails, and we're forced to say it. And so, you know, we'll betide you when your 18-year-old daughter then goes and visits Auschwitz and comes back and tells you she's not going to be a Christian anymore. Yeah. Because she just can't believe that. Well, the thing is, Jesus never said anything like that. When Jesus does talk about what seems to be what we would call something like hell that has to do with a post-mortem event, Jesus is talking about the wicked. And the wicked is not a technical term for all non-Christians. Wicked is as we would understand it. I mean, one of the real problems I have with Calvinism is they will look at the cross and they will say, there is Jesus suffering what we deserve. And it's become such an embedded truism that you know, all the nice little Christians just nod their head and agree. Well, I don't agree. You're saying that every person deserves to be tortured to death? I mean, you know, here's a four-year-old girl playing on the playground. I point at her and say, you know, she deserves to be tortured to death. No, she doesn't. That's, again, an example of a theological system that has gotten out of control, and their system forces them to say these ugly things. My suggestion is that you abandon your system. Not just get a new system, but maybe get rid of systems altogether. Leave room for mystery, but say this much. If my picture of God doesn't look like Jesus, then I got it wrong. And Because, you know, I mean, the overriding theme of the book 
is that God is like Jesus. And God has always been like Jesus. Now, we have always known this because, you know, it's a long journey out of the darkness. But now we do know it. And it's the best news of all, that God is like Jesus. He's not a monster. He's not vindictive. He's not violent. He's not retributive. He's like Jesus. Amen. Man, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Um, I, I would want to keep you much longer. I do have a couple um, uh, pastoral questions for you. Um, so I, I think it's... Uh, You're not a pastor, Michael. What do you mean? No, <laughs> well, p- pastors listen to this podcast, believe it or not. I don't know why. Um, but um, so first of all, I want to say thank you. Um, thank you for this book. It's so freaking good. But I think what's even more important with what you're doing is you're bringing this to your congregation. You are on your podcast, uh, your church's podcast, which is um, the Word of Life Church podcast. Um, you're, you're giving sermons about these, and then you're answering questions from people in your community. Um, it's, 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 it's incredibly easy for people to leave their church and then write this book. Uh, what you're doing is you're, you wrote this book, and then you're talking about it to your church. It's so important, um, so, so important to the congregation. Um, so thank you. And then I guess my question is, what would you say to pastors who are trying to move their community forward? It's worth it. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Don't be in too big a hurry. Take your time with it. Trust that if you preach God as good and God as loving and you do it by focusing on Jesus, most people will come along with you on that. Play the Jesus card as often as you can. It's by far the best card we have. Just keep playing the Jesus card. Um more people are willing to rethink these things than we suspect. Uh, if you can break the idea that there is a, within your own church, that there is kind of a, uh, I don't know, the, the fear-based doctrine police idea, that if you deviate one degree from that which has been accepted as orthodoxy, uh, which is not orthodox, it's just modern fundamentalism, uh, that somehow you're going to uh, pay the price of being ostracized and called a heretic and things like that. Uh, if you can create a culture that goes beyond that and say, this is a safe place for us to really wrestle with these things, then I, I think it's possible. And again, I, I made a comment earlier about, um, ultimately, I think I'm a conservative. I mean, but I'm I'm a conservative in if you take the long view of the church. I mean yeah. I'm, I'm conservative if you're just talking about the last twenty years, but if you talk about the two thousand year history of the church, yeah. I mean I'm not saying really anything new or novel in this book. I am drawing upon a lot of the Eastern tradition. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem in the West is we have one church father. Yeah. We have Augustine, both with the Catholics and the Protestants. We have a we don't have church fathers. We have a church father. And Augustine is a lot of things, you know, and there's times when he's brilliant and there's times when I think he's, you know, really worked himself into a corner and having to say some terrible things. I mean, it, it's he works himself into a corner and has to come up with his double predestination business. <laughs> and, uh, 
what we need is the church fathers, and most of the church fathers come from the Greek-speaking world, the Orthodox world. So some of my suggestions about the nature of God, that, that, that the wrath of God is a biblical metaphor that cannot be literalized, uh, that hell is the love of God wrongly received, these are not you know, the, the ravings of some Johnny-come-lately emergent. This is consistent <laughs> with what the church fathers have been saying since the second century. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then one last question. Um, so uh, this is a question we get frequently um, from people who have wrestled uh, with God, with the church, with Jesus. Um in fact, I wrote this like a week ago, this question, and then literally today somebody got in my inbox and asked me this question. Um, so you, you've wrapped your, your, your life's work around Jesus, mm-hmm. decades and decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to a, a, several of your, your recent sermons. Um, your, your Finding God on the iPod series is phenomenal. Um, and you speak uh, about Jesus with such enthusiasm. Uh, why... Jesus. Because <laughs> that's what got me into this thing. That's what <laughs> captured me way back when. Uh, it's, I have more faith in Jesus than I do in anything else. I, I think Jesus is capable of fascinating people. I don't need to talk people into Jesus. I just need to represent him, portray him, as creatively as I can, and I think he is able to capture hearts and minds. He, he has mine. I mean, it's not, it's not feigned. I mean, when I went through my big transition, my theological transition that I talk about in Water to Wine, it wasn't because, um, I mean, my fascination with Jesus never waned, but it increased, but it, it created the tension of, the Jesus I was so deeply fascinated by seemed to deserve a better Christianity than I knew. Mm-hmm. And so I had to find a way for the Christianity to approach being worthy of Jesus. Um, like I said, Jesus is the best thing. We, if you talk about Christianity, I mean, that that covers a lot of territory, it, a lot of dis- different doctrines and church history and a lot of embarrassing moments. And if you study church history, you find the kind of the depressing fact that there's never been a golden age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the church has always been a disaster. <laughs> always. <laughs> you know, from Acts like chapter three on. <laughs> and yet and yet somehow it stumbles forward and it, it it's still here, but it's Jesus that shines through. And you know, I've never met anybody or read anybody that could maintain a sustained credible critique of Jesus. Christianity, yes. That's easy. Church, yeah. Easy. But not Jesus. Nietzsche would try and then abandon it. And he'd be like, no, I I love the guy. He's awesome. (laughs) He would try, but he... You know, we talk about Jesus, and we use a cast in the future that Jesus is going to judge the nations. Jesus is judging the nations, right? Hmm. I mean, doesn't everybody kind of know that Jesus is how you live life right? Isn't he the one that already is judging us? I mean, we all live our lives in the light of the judgment of Christ, even right now. I mean, who, 
even even the new atheists, these you know fundamentalist atheists, the Hitchens and Dawkins and mm-hmm. Harris and those guys, they don't maintain a sustained credible critique of Jesus. The church, yes, Christianity, yes, yeah, but right. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is is there's just something about him that is so winsome, so beautiful, so appealing. So it's not hard for me to talk that way, and. Awesome. Uh, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to keep doing. Awesome. I appreciate it. Um, so we, we definitely want to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, this has been incredible. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been yeah. sitting here just shaking our heads yeah. at each other like we can't believe what we're hearing. And, yes. it, and it's not even something we haven't heard before in some respects, but something about the way you say it just blows our minds. So we, we truly appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Well, thank you. So go buy the book, everyone. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then uh, online, brianzon.com. Um, also on Twitter, amazing Twitter follow, at brianzond. Um, and then you're on facebook.com slash brianzond. Anywhere else? Uh, yeah, that's about it. You can see a picture now and then on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks again Thanks, so man. much. Thanks, Brian. All right, thank you. Now that we've in your sea feedback <laughs> but we probably don't have any feedback 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 <laughs> let me take them off hold on oh man Andy, I love you, but my God, make a new one. It doesn't have that much feedback on it. <laughs> Close it out with little Bob Dylan. No, come on. All right. Uh, Abraham, all right. Feedback. Kill me a son. Will you mute him? Say, man, you must be Thank you. Right. God said no. Abe say what? Uh, we muted God his mic, what? too. Thank you. God. Okay. God said he'd do what you want, Abe, but the next time you see me coming, you better run. Yeah, he's still coming through, even though he's in, he's in God said, where you on this killing dog? God said that on Highway 61. All right, I'm done. Are you? You're like as bad as Michael now. Do you realize that? Like, you are <laughs> like literally bad. as bad as Michael. You're worse than Michael yeah, at this probably. point. You can usually tell what mood Brad's going to be in within the first 10 seconds of the show. Yeah. Because if it's going beep, beep, yeah. beep. Yeah. I know. He's, he's, he's since, a little randy. I've been up since... Uh, 4 a.m. this yeah, morning? Yeah, me too. Uh, literally, it's 3 a.m. Driving, driving to Elkhart, Indiana today. Uh, I was woken asleep. up by the rumble strips. <laughs> oh, neat. No neat. shit. That's not great. No, not Brad ideal. I, uh, yeah, I got about maybe three hours of sleep last night. Yeah. Hey, we are drinking a, a, um, a um, cider seasonal, seasonal beverage, Cidergeist by Rheingeist. In Cincinnati. Mm, um, Cincinnati that is good. Made... Semi-dry hard cider. It's yeah. delicious. That's so, good because that's not super sweet. Yeah, it's really good. That's my problem with ciders usually. They're yeah. like super, like kind of overly. Oh, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Second round on John Press again. Yeah. Thanks, JP. JP. Almost like JC. He's my favorite bipolar Jew. Fun fact. Well, if you're going to have one, he's yeah. a good one to have. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work through my Rolodex Pro- of bipolar Jews. Probably top 10 for sure. <laughs> All right. We have two five star reviews this week. Yay! 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 <laughs> Yay! Thankfully, everybody else is checked out by this point. Just Pretty the hardcores are hanging around. 
This is by Seth at WT, W2W. W2W. Yeah, Seth at, Seth at W2W. This is called... World to West. Too Few Michigan Beers. He says, I disagree with exactly 69% of what these dirty <laughs> bastards say. Fair <laughs> enough. Nice. But I enjoy their company and hope by spending time with them, my faithful testimony will win them back to the faith. <laughs> <laughs> the real danger is how little Michigan beer they promote. Bells. Hashtag bells. Oh, and if my pastor's reading this, I too stopped listening right after they said that offensive thing. Feel free <laughs> to send us any Michigan beer yes, we're missing. Yes. We're, we're, we're now we're taking Michigan submissions. I really like Dark Horse as well. That's also a Michigan Just beer. Just slide yeah, into our DMs. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. That is a good beer. So anything that we're missing, feel free to send it our way, buddy. Founders, yep. bells, whatever we're missing. So Yep. And then the this spin-off is balls beer. Bubbles, balls, and brews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think our episodes with him is out yet, but it's coming. Yeah. Just like. Not going to want to miss no. that one. No. Stop. Stop. Go ahead. This is by Bad Nova 2010. Bad Nova. Epitodes of legitness. <laughs> Epitodes. Man, I can't believe that's that. That really did stick. That is stuck around. My drunken slur. <laughs> yeah. It's really popular. <laughs> Of all the dumb shit you've said (laughs) on this podcast, Epitode Epitode is sticking around. Epitode. In a world of Joel Osteen wannabes, three men from Indiana rise up to the challenge of being real and authentic in a theologically flaccid world. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Theologically flaccid needs to be on a uh, A a, t shirt. Yep. Uh, You got that one, buddy? Put it on the board. Each Epitode consists of weekly beer reviews, introduction to new and exotic foods. And intellectually stimulating conversations with the women and men who are working to influence the extra evangelical world. If this interests you, be prepared for multiple eargasms each week with multiple exclusive epitodes through their Patreon. The stage has been set. You two have been challenged. Will you rise? Hashtag press play. Yes. That's really nice, man. Thanks. That is nice. Yeah. That's uh, uh, our friend David. Yep. Um, he's a turd. He, yeah, he's going to be on Turd Talk coming up soon. So, oh, is he really? He cashed in on that nice. Wonderful. review. I, I wasn't going to invite him, and then he did the review, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> we'll have him on. Nice. So, yeah, he, he's on an, on an upcoming Turd Talk. Yep. Look out for it. Patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? Oh, also in the uh, the battle of... Um, um, Brandon. Podcast. Outside between the us walls. And, outside, and that other podcast. Um <laughs> God, I freaking love oh, no. that so much. We, we want to beat him. Forget about this podcast, the, the Outside the Walls. He had, Get on ours. He had... Uh, is he up to 50, I think? Yeah. He's, I think we've he's got to, like 100 and some, don't we? Oh, There's like a 60, a 60 uh, review gap, but he's gaining. Yeah. We've he's had a gaining. bunch of people like try to leave reviews. Apple, well, Apple sucks. No, well, here's what happens. Is that We're up to 147 reviews. The one that you saw in the pub, that's the, the Nova one we just read. Okay. So yeah. It's, yeah, but a bunch of people like, I tried to and it and didn't And it's work. all people that we've had on the show already. Oh, is it? About. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, we, have, we have 147 ratings. So we're nice. we're about we're still three times what he has. Let's try to get to two hundred by the end of the year. Yeah, come on, listeners, two hundred yeah. by the end of the year. Yep. That's it. a lot of that's a lot of. Energy. Give us one and then give Blow Jangles one. No, don't give one to Blow. Nah, he's got a good podcast. Yeah. All right, <laughs> you can give Blow Jangles <laughs> t- one. Here's the, here's the best. He thing wrote I, us a song. Here's so the best thing I can say about his podcast. I hate it. Because every time yeah. I listen to it, it's like son of a bitch. Yeah, like he's gonna tell you what you don't want to hear. God, it is. I, I listened to his most recent one today. Yeah, I was like, God, like 
it, it, it's just convicting. His, his like, sit in my queue for like weeks before I get around to him because uh, I just I know I know I they're going to piss me off because they need to piss yeah. me off. Yeah. All right, so here's the challenge: if if you're going to re- review Blow Jangles podcast, just give it five stars, but then say I hate this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do, do the hashtag I hate this podcast. So funny. <laughs> if you do. We'll read them on this podcast too. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> uh, five stars, though. You got to do five stars and you got to say, I hate this podcast. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, do Don't it. do that to no, blow seriously. jangles. No. no. And then make it be positive, redeem itself. But, no. but the hashtag, title. I, hashtag, I hate this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, what do we got for Twitter? I don't know. I'm gonna get an email. Okay, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm no gonna get voicemails it. this week, by the way. People, we've got uh, gloriouspastors.com. Click on the voicemail. We've got a lot tab. of feedback. Call us. A lot of feedback yeah. this week. I, I was trying my best to sort of pare it down, but there was so much good stuff. Uh, I want to start really out with this. Like that. I want to start out with this segment. Thank, thanks, Heather. Giandria. Uh, uh, Giandria. Uh, discussion topic. Okay. Somebody asked this on Twitter to us. Are there any, quote, Christian songs or bands that still tug at you? Need to breathe or something? Waterdeep. Yeah. Waterdeep still gets uh, me. What about you, Michael? I mean, uh, you've got a lot more than I've got a lot more yeah, for sure. You still sort of float uh, let me, in that world a little uh, bit. Switchfoot for sure. I love. Wait, uh, when Michael pulled in my driveway today, what were you listening we to, Michael? I was no, wait, listening. Wait, 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 wait. So much more. Uh, wait. Uh, here's what I was listening to. Really, you picked the instrumental part? I, I just clicked on it from where I left off. It's audio adrenaline free ride from the album. Can we not just listen to freaking Fog Hat? Jesus. <laughs> that was Edgar Winter, wasn't it? Oh, is that Edgar Winter? Mm-hmm. I don't care. Whoever. Just anybody but that. Um, <laughs> That's what he listened to. He pulled it in my driveway. Really? Yeah. You still listen to audio adrenaline? No, he did it on no, purpose. He said he did it on purpose. purpose. Uh, um, I said you were literally the only person on the planet that still listens audio address. Uh, David Bazan, for sure. Oh, um, I don't really consider he's not him. Christian. I don't yeah, consider him a Christian artist. Post Christian. Derek Webb, maybe. I listen to Plank Eye. Uh, Derek Webb, for really? sure. Plank Eye. I still listen to Plank Eye every once in a while. Back. Uh, they were a little bit ahead of this. Plank Eye was a little bit ahead of what they were of everybody else at Tooth and Nail. Yeah. Um, uh, Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, I mean, that that's just those are those are like the I have John Foreman on here too. Redundant. Yeah, I, that was what I was gonna say. I still listen to John Foreman solo stuff mm-hmm. periodically. Uh, for me, that that was it. The fall, fall, winter, fall, spring, winter, summer. spring, summer. That God, he did a series on the like daylight and oh, dawn. Yeah, and it's that. really good too. Yeah, uh, but man, that's uh, that's a good stuff. I, those, I just, those are songs I, I literally put on my podcast. I don't listen. I don't listen personally to a lot of no, I don't either. Christian stuff. I was a Stapesaker still. I do listen <laughs> to Waterdeep. Yeah, uh, Don Chaffer, mm-hmm. which you know leads to yeah. one of the leads. End of the Worship Circle is a legit. I haven't listened to that for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's good. Man, I used to eat that shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's probably it for me. I just I don't I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of it at this point in my life. I might at some point. Stop. Please stop what you're doing. Ugh. Is this big house? No. no. Oh, Mark. On the silver screen. Just like James Dean. I could be a star. He has this unironically on his phone. Yeah, you know, I know right? he does. All right. 
Can you please stop? How do I mute you? See, I think that's going to be my new, like, uh, my new theme song. Kryptonite to, to Brad whenever he starts playing. Start playing audio adrenaline. Music. Can I get to? Can I get to the rest of this then? Yeah. Okay. Um. Dude, seriously, it is a good. Was album. that Toad the Wet Sprocket? <laughs> no, it came out the same time. Is that better much. than Ezra? Sounds like better than Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't think that album is terrible. Of course so. you don't. Which one? Better than Ezra? I think a lot of their albums are terrible. That one I'm okay with. Bloom. Control and Bloom. No, it's not good, Michael. It I didn't was say good it was in good. 1993. I didn't say it was good. I said it was not terrible. Boy, that's a that's a really high bar you've set there, buddy. It's mediocre. It's basically this podcast. All right. Yeah. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Alternate hashtags. <clears throat> Dan Burgess at DP Burge. Hashtag Michael is Hodor. <laughs> Hashtag Michael is Jerry Gergich. <laughs> <laughs> Like that a lot. Uh, really speak. like hashtag Michael is Jerry Gergen. It's more Christian music I've got here. Dude, we're never going to get through all this. Is this Chance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Uh, it just plays like that. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right. All right, Michael. Do the same drugs no more. We don't do the we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. All right, turn it off. All right, honorable mention. Honorable mention. Nathan Miller West at Namway Design at Pastors Podcast are some people's at Real Rob Bell. Hashtag truth. A bitch is coming due to the 100th. Who, Rob Bell? No. Is he going to be there? He might be. Dude, that'd be freaking sweet. <laughs> yeah, we, are, are we we would actually have like dozens of people show up if Rob Bell Hey, give to our Patreon. I bet if we got raised 20 grand, we could we could fly him here. Yeah, uh, sure. Ian um, Irving at Batman Rob Villain. Bell likes money. Princess Bride reference on both at Twisted Sisters and at Pastors Podcast this week. You guys spend too much time together, and I like it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, at Epic Tillich, all the people who win, it's talking about our Zon mm. thing, all the people who win should be hashtag winners in the hands of a loving God. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like yes. Sacred and Profane at Sacred and Profan. At Pastor's <laughs> Podcast, by the way, love today's show. It's hard to talk to my sis in Florida because she's so hashtag blessed. Love her, but ugh. Hashtag <laughs> eat my grin deck. <laughs> Ashton at Ash underscore Moss. 16. New turn. New turn. By the way. Yes, yep. I know. How can I live in Indiana and just now find out about At Pastors Podcast? How can I live without you? Hashtag I better late than never. Know. Eric Flynn McCormick at Polly Named Eric. Hi, Jude. At Pastors Podcast. Hi, nephew. Juder. You want to come say hi? Good talk, buddy. We got All a right. mic set up for you. If you want to say hi, it's right there. Nope. No. Nope. All right. Nope. He's All right. half in the fridge. He is All right. literally, uh, Three literally in the head deep into the fridge. Uh, Eric Flynn McCormick at Polynate Eric at Pastors Podcast. No clever remarks today. You all had another good and subversive epitode. Well done. Hashtag Ted Cruz dwarf form. Oh, he did. He did. Um, he did add us in the pub. He said something about um, when we said eighty three percent. We're not doing pub shit. Right I know, now. but but here he, we did have a correction. You, you had your chance. We had a correction. Uh, whenever we said eighty three percent of evangelicals, we meant eighty three percent of white evangelicals. Right. In the last episode. Yeah. So, correction and apology. Sorry. 
Sacred and Profane at Sacred and Profane <laughs> at Pastors Podcast regarding my handle. All other iterations of Sacred and Profane were taken, so I had to drop the last E. Stop teasing me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not going to happen. Dan I, think, I think she meant Sacred and Profanity. Yes. Is what she means. Dan Burgess at DP Burge. Guys, I was yelling out loud today to, quote, just read the verses because you were getting so <laughs> off topic. This was the worst yet. Uh, you're, you're welcome. You mean the best yet. You're welcome. The best yet. You're welcome, the DP Burge. No more. <laughs> we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. All right. <clears throat> that song featured on uh, Hymns of Reconstruction, episode one. <laughs> Top 10. Andy Redwine at Andy Redwine. Hey, We're, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi. Uh, Are you yogging right now? We got something potentially brewing with Andy that could be potentially awesome mm-hmm. or potentially shit. We'll see. Uh, a, a potential shart brewing. <laughs> re-listening to At Pastors Podcast, thinking if you claim to be hashtag blessed, you are morally obligated to be a blessing. Preach. And that I say a freaking men. Casey at Casey underscore for Esther. Forrester. <laughs> But it's a it's a number four, Esther. Um, At Pastors Podcast, I'm going to be in undevastated Florida Beach next week for vacation. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag I don't think it means what you think it means. Hashtag <laughs> eat my grin deck. We don't do the, we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. Dude, can we talk about how that album is still free? It's, it's so, so good. good. Like I could listen to it forever. God, it's so good. Coloring book by uh, Chance the motherfucking rapper. Zesty Spice. Nobody's doing it better than Kendrick and Chance right no. now. Zesty Spice at Becky Seville at Pastors Podcast. Hashtag blessed are the people who've been fucked over. They are the ones who will get the kingdom message. Yes. You change. Hashtag <laughs> eat my grin deck. Number seven, Jamie Jay Marie Walker. I really, I, honestly, NMD Ranger. Honestly, I hate both of you because you like this is all you do. It like is, is all I we know. do now. I, we are one and the same now, buddy. When do you <laughs> Number seven, Jay Marie Walker at Polly NMD Ranger. <laughs> JFC at Pastors Podcast. Eight, Jesus ep- Fried Chicken. Episode eighty three has me laughing like a banshee. I miss the three of you together. What a great start to my morning. We're back, bitches. Thank you, Walker. You See, you missed a chance to go, and we back, and we back, and we back. Michael, please turn it off. All right, <laughs> number six, Stevie O. Cheerio at Voiced Carpenter. Voice Stevie O. At Pastor's Podcast. New guy. Hashtag eat my grin deck. Just pinched my finger while laughing. Hashtag just the tip. <laughs> number five, Pop Goulash Podcast. At hey, Pastor's, Pop Goulash. At Pop Goulash. Ruben Hood, what's up? Monsieur Hood. At Pastor's Podcast. Robin's brother. I knew someone who exclusively puked in the sink because the toilet was only for shit and piss. Hmm. Hashtag, hashtag the Donk TM. <laughs> Not enough donk, donk TMs. We had quite a few. I don't care. These guys are so heavy handed and ham fisted, but I just love them so much. <laughs> Dude, seriously. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. You know what? No, fuck you. No. You started this shit. You know shit. what? You started this shit when you got Apple Music. That's when it went downhill. I blame you entirely. It's all gone downhill. They blame your mom. Number four, Jason Williams at J-Dubs 47421. j Thanks at Pastors Podcast and at Pauline and Brad. I was laying in bed last night at 1130 with hot blooded blaring in my mind. <laughs> Hashtag eat my grin deck. Got a fever of 103. All right. 
Number three, Stevie Ocherio at Voice Carpenter. This is replying to us. <laughs> Did it wasn't wasn't he already in the top ten? Yeah, but this is pretty good. You mentioned skeleton bones. I thought you said scrotum bones. <laughs> Scrotum bones. <laughs> Number two, Tara Paul at Tara. Yeah. <laughs> Did you stroke Tara, out? Tara, Doctor of Do you Awesome. You smell toast. Tara, Doctor of Awesome. Brad, count backwards from 10. <laughs> 10, 9, 6, slurs. 9. At Pastors Podcast, hashtag honky bucket, in case you missed it. She posted a meme that says, PSA, the new iPhone costs $999. The entire Cracker Barrel menu costs $887.71. <laughs> Make smart choices. Oh, man. Awesome. Hey, uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, we also got a lot of feedback in the pub about John Mark and Pella. Yeah, we did. A lot oh. of people. We stirred some lot shit with that. A lot of people I knew defending we would. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mark McMillan. I regret nothing. Might have Number lost one. This is interesting. This is in reply to our spray-painted dong story. <laughs> uh, Rev Junior Skeleton at ACCE245. Penises look fucking weird in New Jersey. It's probably all the cabbage. <laughs> no idea what that means, but pretty awesome nonetheless. Congratulations, Rev Junior. <laughs> I don't have any idea what to do with that. I don't either. Could you ever mind? It's probably all the cabbage. Could you imagine if different foods like morphed your genitalia? The other thing you're afraid of, carnies. <laughs> Carnival folk. Small hands. Smell like cabbage. Oh, I thought I smelled cabbage. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, are, we, are we up for hashtags? Yeah. No, no, hashtags. wait, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. Oh, we got to do them. Hold you on. You got to do wait. your spiel. I got to do my spiel. Uh, closing time, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, check out our website, gloriouspastors.com. <coughs> Support for this Set podcast. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you at patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Um, get bonus podcasts like Turd Talk, Pub Crawl, and Hymns of Reconstruction. Uh, Buy us around uh, and even help shape the content of this show. God, you're a horrible person. I've muted both Matt and Brad. So I, can I hate you that. so much. You guys interrupt that every fucking week. I think people have got it. It's the this most point. important Michael, we've part done of our show. Episodes. I think people know where to people find us. People don't know where we're at. Okay. Hashtags. Okay. Smash tags. Hashtag uh, Bojangles the Cialis salesman. Hashtag, we all want to be a fat pastard. Hashtag, when a man loves a woman. <laughs> Hashtag, don't go chasing shit waterfalls. <laughs> You're listening to author and Seattle salesman, Bojangles Appalachia. <laughs> He's going to Appalachia, Michael. Appalachia. He's going to regret this friendship, I can tell You're you right, right well, now. Well, I'm sure he does yeah. already. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag, lineate it. <laughs> Hashtag uncle's prerogative My prerogative Hashtag wet wipes and fat <laughs> Okay that's That might be a dark yeah, horse That's pretty, pretty good, good. Uh, Also this one Hashtag's Michael's personal fatberg Hashtag Ba 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 ba. Don't stick your dick in a weight. <laughs> what? It's the, the Ramones, bro. 
Don't stick your dick in a way. I thought it was ba 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 ba. No, don't stick in a way. No. Hashtag. I don't need another mammal in my house. Although this is probably the winner. I like the word mammal. Hashtag the mayonnaise of podcasts. That might be the winner. That's pretty strong. It's gonna be hard to beat that one. We're the mayonnaise, bitch. Oh, I don't know what this one is from. Hashtag when a Michael loves a Michael. I don't where the f- I don't even, I literally don't remember I don't typing. Know. You must have stroked out. When I you wrote don't that remember one. typing that. I do. I, if anybody can, add, I'll have to I think to he it meant again. when a Matt loves a Matt with his sex dolls. I no. I don't uh, think man. that's it. No. Boy, I literally don't, <laughs> I don't remember either. typing that. Next. Right. Hashtag Brad is worse than Michael. Yeah. That's true. And then hashtag my favorite bipolar Jew. <laughs> I've got... Uh, I prefer Jesus. I've got hashtag Jew fail. Probably can't do that. No, one. let's not. Uh, let's let's uh, see if we can top that. Yeah, top that. Uh, hey, a John Rubin song I really like. Jew not tell me what I can and cannot do when I rough. Who's, John, who? John who? Rubin, you wouldn't get it. No. People on the internet are very happy about it. Are they? Yeah. Mm. Did you just flip me a bird? Yeah, I did. Just for no reason? Just, or? just read their hashtag. Go hashtag breakdancing Jew. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Bible college degrees are good for nothing. That's very true. Hashtag code word for penis. <laughs> <laughs> what was the code word? I don't even penis? I don't even know what any of these are from. No either. idea. Oh. <laughs> Drink too much. When a Michael loves a Michael. What <laughs> is that? Uh, when a Michael loves a Michael. Hashtag slow week in selling penis pills. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's my new favorite button on my on my soundboard. It's the only one we need. I love it so so much. Uh, it's so good. I don't even know what this is from. <laughs> I love Brandon so much. I know. Uh. Brandon and I got to see you two together. That was pretty cool, I love by the that way. So, so much. Brandon, we love you long, Tim. Uh, oh. Hashtag Bojangles Cares. <laughs> I don't even know what that's from. I have no idea. Because uh. he made that song for us. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hashtag Jar Jar Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag 30. He said Jar Jar Khan. <laughs> Hashtag 30 reps with my peen. <laughs> 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 Hashtag <laughs> Hashtag right in the thumb hole <laughs> The bowling ball, bowling ball. <laughs> Hashtag the mayonnaise of podcast That, that might be the winner Let's man Let's just call it now Hashtag <laughs> Hashtag bots need Jesus too <laughs> Hashtag sex bot correspondent Matt Polly. I love that one Hashtag Rob Bell likes money <laughs> And hashtag it's probably all the cabbage <laughs> All right, I've got uh, hashtag Lenny ate it. Um, hashtag DJ uh, Jambo. Jambo jingles. Jambo jingles. Uh, hashtag throttle region. Uh, this one's from Lenny, too. Hashtag can I eat half of it? <laughs> Oh my lord. Don't eat that whole bag of popcorn. Can I eat <laughs> half of it? 
Uh, hashtag 30 reps with his peen. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> hashtag I stubbed it. <laughs> the bowling ball. Uh, and hashtag theologically flaccid. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like if we had anybody but Brian Zahn on, we would say theologically yeah. flat. I think it's the mayonnaise of podcast. It's gotta man. be the mayonnaise of podcast. That's oh. a pretty solid hashtag. It really is. Mayonnaise is spelled with two N's, by the way. <laughs> Nobody knows how to spell mayonnaise. Just say mayo of no, a podcast. Let's, okay, yeah, mayonnaise is better. Mayonnaise, mayonnaise. Of podcast. All right. Yeah. Okay, mayonnaise. M-A-Y-O-N-N-A-I-S-E. The mayonnaise is <laughs> a podcast. Alright. God, that's fantastic. So if you listen listen to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag, the, or are you just doing mayonnaise? The. The The mayonnaise mayonnaise of podcasts. That's better than the bad boys of progressive Christianity. No, it's not. Yes, Yes, it it is. is. (laughs) Because it's way more true. It's way, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Hit us up on social media with the hashtag, the mayonnaise of podcasts. No, yes, the mayonnaise of podcasts, yeah. (laughs) On Twitter at Pastor's Podcast. At Polly Name Matt. At Polly Name Brad, but whatever. At MJ Basinger. Yours always comes with a disclaimer. Well, I'm not on Twitter and I may You're not you're still not on Twitter? I thought you were on for like a week. No, I'm on Facebook. Back again, but Facebook.com slash Pastor's Podcast and Glorious Pastors on Instagram. Um yeah. That's it, man. Let's do it. That was a good podcast. So long, suckers. Yeah. Be sure to check no, out our put friends, your phone up. Twisted Mute Sisters. Him. I'm not, do- I'm not <laughs> doing anything. Check out <laughs> Twisted Sisters on their uh, Apple to. podcast feed. Uh, they most recently had the Sipping Sisters uh, on their podcast. I like that podcast, the Sipping Sisters. It's good. I must do it. They talk about like, what they're watching on TV. I can relate. Thank you, Brian's on. I've been watching a lot of DuckTales lately. I want to meet him in person. Yep. Yeah. Brian's on. Remember that part in the podcast where he talked about people came to his church because of our podcast? Yeah. That was weird. It is freaking weird. Gosh. Kind of embarrassing, too. (laughs) A little bit. I don't know. Maybe some royalties our way, Brian, for helping sell your books. (laughs) This offering goes to Pastor's Podcast. (laughs) Your Brian's on is terrible. Still terrible.